guys? Welcome to another episode of Cleveland Moto Podcast, episode number 374. Yes. Uh, so, oh, look at that. That was a very wet out. Oh, my God. You need a bib over there. Yeah, yeah. Both of you and freaking death by coconut over here on my left. Yeah, oh, shit. Way to be tropical. Only one of Is those three had alcohol. Is it off the sauce? <laughs> Only one of those three had alcohol. Oh. Off the sauce. Yeah, this podcast. is truly like an off the sauce cast right now because, uh, well, I've had a Christmas sale because yeah. why not? It's yeah, May. Right. <laughs> and uh, that was delicious, by the way. Yeah. Great Lakes Brewing Company's Christmas sale in the middle of May. It was perfect. I know Fresh isn't just drinking Mountain Dew over there. <laughs> Mountain Dew is actually made to be a mixer with bourbon. And you got Jepson's. One of the most fantastic bourbons I've ever, never tasted. <laughs> the Jepson's is the um, the company that brought you Malort. In other words, uh, these pants won't shit themselves. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> AKA, Dad, I always hated you. This uh, takes me back to drinking Dad's Seagram's and Sevens. Yeah. Yeah, oh, back in wow. yeah. So wow. I went to Chicago over the weekend for the uh, Midwest Classic. Scooter Rally Windy City Edition, and it's all vintage only. So no bikes that aren't vintage. Um, and in the spirit of Cleveland Moto, I bought my bike <laughs> 45 minutes northwest of Chicago on Friday. Nice. <laughs> so I bought a 1974 Vespa Sprint Veloce. Uh, a friend of mine in Berlin, his name is Amir, has a penchant or a fetish, I guess you'd say, for the Allstate-branded Vespa scooters. Mm-hmm. So every time I happen to wander upon an Allstate scooter, and Oscar has yeah. a 59? Eight. 58 Allstate. So every time I wander upon an Allstate scooter in some state of disrepair, I grab it. And then I know that if I contact Amir, that he'll usually be like, oh, Phil, I would like that very much. Can we ship it to, Jap- to uh, England or Germany? And I'm like, well, of course we can, because that's what we do here. And so he's been a really good customer, a reliable customer for a long time. Well, with the cost of freight being out of control right now, Amir had bought this Sprint Veloce in Chicago, sort of not sight unseen, but just over the internet. But the cost of freighting it to Germany would have been more than he paid for the bike. Yeah. So he goes, Phil, you got to help me out. This thing's stuck at a freight handler's in outside of Chicago. Buy this bike. And I'm like, I don't normally pay that much for Vespas because I'm me, but it was, you know, it only had 2,400 miles on it, had a significant amount of garage rash, hasn't run, fired a shot in anger in about five years. So you're taking your chances. So I took my toolkit with me and uh, picked it up and had to battle my way through Chicago traffic to get back to the rally hotel, but spent about an hour on it and it ran the entire fucking rally. Nice. Almost. Uh-oh. Almost. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. <laughs> so it made it all the way back. Well, the fuel tap was really jammed up. And the fuel tap, I didn't want to move it around too much because I had a feeling every time I rotated the fuel tap, it was taking another sample of rubber <laughs> from the inside of the fuel tap and depositing it in my fuel line. Yep. So I was leaving the fuel tap in the open position uh, on quite a warm day. Bloody and bloody. what it ended up happening was it ended up flooding a lot. Oh, yeah. And so after our hot dog stop at Sky... Skyway hot dogs. Mm. Well, that was enough for it to fill the bottom of the motor up with uh, gasoline. So when I kickstarted it, it shot gasoline at the tailpipe. <laughs> <laughs> and we had gone to the Pullman Museum, which is a museum of American rail industry. Quite a great museum. Really cool museum. And we'd gone to the Pullman Museum. And after the Pullman Museum, the whole group, and this is a vintage only ride. So everything is vintage. 
And being that these are my friends and they all know how vintage bikes can be cranky, they all left me there. <laughs> they all fucking left. They all just straight up left. They're like, well, Phil can handle it. Whatever it is, it's fine. That's that overabundance of confidence that you achieve. Yeah. So they abandoned me and there was a collection of Model A and Model T enthusiasts at the Pullman Museum that day. Mm-hmm. So all these older than shit oh. white men were hanging around. They're Model A's and Model T's. <laughs> And my friends all left, so I decided, what do I got to do? Well, this thing's not kickstarting under its own power. I'm going to bump start it, mm-hmm. which I already got my gear and I got my helmet on. It's about 85 degrees, so I'm doing it in the running, jumping, bumping start, but I'm doing it right in front of all these old men. And after my fourth or fifth bump start, I realized this thing's not going anywhere, so I'm going to have to pull the spark plug, and I brought a spare spark plug with me because I'm not an idiot. And so I'm doing the spark plug thing, got the side panel off, doing the spark plug shimmy, and these men all got activated (laughs) and it was like when you're in the zombie apocalypse and somebody speaks louder than a whisper and all the zombie vintage two stroke (laughs) and so i had one of those these guys were all activated they all became activated they left their folding camp chairs and they fell on me like a tasty fucking old country buffet and Oh, my God. And I'm trying to just do my thing. And, you know, I got all the gear on, so I'm a little emotional. one of those. Yeah. Oh, boy. And so I'm like, look, I'm taking out a spark plug. I'm putting in a new spark plug. That's it. Game on. So my trick is I take the spark plug out that we know is flooded. I throw that in my toolbox. I grab the new spark plug. Ah. And I take the new spark plug and I put the new spark plug on and I hook it to the high tension lead, but I don't put it in the hole. I set it next to the hole and then I give it a few kicks and then it burns off all the extra gas, which looks cool, sounds cool, and is remarkably effective. Well, these old guys are like, and everybody had an opinion. And meanwhile, I was just ignoring them. I just pretended like I didn't hear English, right? And so it was great. And so I just kind of got the thing together and put the new spark plug in, you know, as it is. First kick, bam, she fires right up. I make it. And the ride went on the ride because of vintage bikes. So they take all the not freeway roads in Chicago. But I got to catch it. Yeah. And we're going out to this part of Chicago called like Wolf's Creek Lodge. No, Wolf Bay Road or something, which is literally if you guys have ever left Chicago and you're on your way to something east of Chicago. And you're driving out of Chicago and you look to your right and you're like, that's really weird. There's this nature preserve on my right-hand side. And on my left-hand side is Hammond, Indiana mm-hmm. and all the oil processing refineries and everything else. So you're like, on my left is modern diesel gasoline processing centers and very not environmentally friendly. But on my right, motherfuckers are fishing <laughs> and there's baby ducks running around and stuff. You're like, so there's an EPA protection area to my right <laughs> and to my left Well, Darren, our friend Darren from Chicago, had made this beautiful ride, and he added to the ride this point, this like little tributary of land that that popped out in the middle of this water that you shouldn't be able to go there. And we took all the scooters out there, and we were actually at a point where there was a fence, a chain-link fence between us and Indiana. (laughs) That's kind of cool. And uh, so we were there. Well, but I had to meet them there. So I just decided, fuck it. I can't catch up with these guys back alley Sally and figure out the 97 right-hand turns that they took to get there. So I was like, screw it. I talked to my watch and my watch said, get on Interstate 94. (laughs) So I thought, that seems like a good idea on a Sprint Veloce that I've owned for like 29 hours. It just flooded? 
that was super flooded. So I jumped on the freeway. The bike did great. So I hauled ass on the freeway, got the four or five exits I had to go, pulled off by the Ford plant, went all the back, like went the roads. And I actually caught them before they got into the, like, the park area. Nice. I was very proud of myself. And, and they were like, how'd you do that? And I said, freeway. And they went, oh. dumbass. So there you go. So I mean, I wasn't passing anybody. I was in the slow lane, but it was still very fun. But then at the hot dog place, uh, yeah, Skyway hot dogs. Had a hot dog that couldn't be beat, but went out and kicked it, and she just shot gas out the tailpipe. So she wasn't going anywhere. Tried one bump start, put it on the sag wagon, got to sit the rest of the ride out in air conditioning from that point back to the hotel. It was pretty nice. I got to say, love it. Sitting with my friend Brian Kopp and my friend Kathy Anderson, just enjoying life, listening to metal. Nice. And, and best part of the ride, by far, was the bike sitting on the Kendon in the back. Mm. How do you know you're at a scooter rally where there's adults? Kendon. Five Kendon trailers, <laughs> and they're stacked up like playing cards against the wall in the hotel. Five Kendon trailers. That's how you know you're with adults. That's fun. Yeah, super. It was a Kendon, Kendon trailer rally. But it was great. I got rally asshole, even though I think Dan Hostick should have won it. Oh, yeah. Uh, Dan Hostick closed out our night at karaoke by singing Spinal Tap's Big Bottom. Now, right now, I would like you all to stop listening to the podcast. Go to YouTube and play Spinal Tap's Big Bottom. Big bottom. Talk about mud flaps. My girl's got them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> my baby like fits me. Gyro. My baby fits me like a flesh tuxedo. Yeah. I'd like to sink her with my pink torpedo. Oh, yeah. Have that stuck in your head for four days. Uh, it's not a life I'd wish on anybody, but that's it. So that was super cool. Fun time. That was the trip. And I got the uh, Sprint Veloce's back here. Nice. Took, the old, took the spark plug out. Put a new spark plug in it. What do you think it did? Fired right I ran like a yeah. son of a bitch. So if I had done that at Skyway Hot Dogs, we'd have been... We wouldn't have been on the sag wagon, but I wouldn't have had that air conditioning either. So. Yeah. Cool. Uh, so that was all fun and games. So to my immediate left. Oscar. Oscar. And Oscar got here early today and spent right. an hour and a half doing cable management on our table. Mm-hmm. Nice job. Long? Very nice. And yeah. you know what I've noticed is my, my, my headphones sound better, too. <laughs> There's not a squeak or a pop or a snap no. anywhere in Clean. this system. No snarl. Yeah. Um, and then to his left. Oh, Steve Sleepy. Sleepy has embraced what I'd like to call uh, Dante's seventh layer of hell, mm-hmm. prepping bikes, <laughs> with a toe that should have been amputated at least a week ago. Yeah. Uh, That's terrible. Sleepy? Smells like almonds. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so it looks like an almond. Our yeah, shop. We didn't talk about because we didn't have a podcast last exactly. week. Exactly. Oh, yeah, yeah. So Sleepy, well, we're, we're going to do introductions first, but okay. then we're going to get back to that. And to All his right. immediate left. Chris Smith. And to his immediate left, Dan Kromke. To his immediate left, Johnny Mac. And to his immediate left, Steve Hoffer. And look, look at you. You're in summertime yeah. mode. You're all like groomed and like you look like oh. summertime. I had to go to a council meeting on Monday night. Oh, <laughs> corporate Steve. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, was, I was only asking for two hundred ten thousand dollars. Oh, that's so. all. Oh, that's yeah. why I cleaned up. It might be worth a shower for that. Yeah, I had to fix another thing. John broke. <laughs> oh, wow. So you know, point- Cinch was wondering if Grumpy Sore Douche was going to show up tonight. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I didn't even know there's a there's going to be a podcast because there's no texting about it. So. Yeah, there was. I texted this morning. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't get. I must not get people's texts. So. Yeah, you know, because you're you, not. You, like, have a, <laughs> you have a flip phone. That's why. <laughs> I have. I'll have. Did, you oh, know, sorry. Can I we reset it for phone. Jitterbug? I have the. I have the best Samsung. That is whatever. a very big looking Samsung. Yeah. yeah. That's a brick. 
That is a brick. Got a little pen that you can write on. Wow. Oh, it's a yeah. I don't know what I'm going to use it for, but in the hands of a child. Picking the wax out of my ears or something. Right. (laughs) It's got its own backpack. It does. The greatest phone in the world in the hands of a child means nothing. If you demonstrate. (laughs) The the best thing about this phone is it's got a 100 to 1 zoom. What? Yeah, It's got a 100 to 1 zoom. zoom. It's unbelievable. The phone's camera is unbelievable. And the reason I got that one is because when I'm in New York, I always see... These loons. Oh. And I can okay. never get a good picture of the loon. Oh, I'm trying to like, get my phone in the binoculars. Oh, you know, holding I it up thought like it this. was so you'd be able to see Meckel fresh on his versus when he's running away from you on your... It's like uh, when I'm at work, I always see this loon. <laughs> <laughs> this one loon. Yeah. Best bird uh, ever. It three is stars. Three stars. Yeah. Spirit animal. Hey, I gave my wife four stars for a meal the other night. Whoa. Wow. What'd you Whoa. have? COVID. COVID and cheese. She made, uh, she made burritos. And wow. I, thought, I thought they were going to be this standard mediocre burrito, but they were exceptionally good. So they were beat my expectations by one star. So they were four Flour star burrito. Or corn. How do you tell the difference? Well, flour <gasps> oh looks like head. flour's white, corn's yellow. Yeah. Yeah. Coughing too. Yeah. Corn's yellow. White's flour. <laughs> yeah. Flour. Okay. Flour. Okay. Flour. Right. Yeah. I approve. Yeah. 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 I get it. Steve, can I get you a glass of ice? I'm no. trying this bourbon here. Oh. Did you bring it? Uh, Phil okay. actually brought it. Hey, you know what? I'm I having will, some with Mountain Dew. I, if you if you're flying, if you're flying, I'll buy. Mm-hmm. So if you want to set me up a glass and ice and a little bit of bourbon, I'll take it. I just don't want to leave the command chair at this point. You want a ball or a what ball you, would be nice. Okay, I'll, yeah. There's a lot of balls in there. <laughs> I got a whole lot of balls. All right, looks like Chris. <laughs> Chris Smith is I forgot on. Forgot about that one. Exit Uh-oh. stage left. Even <laughs> is that one? Of, is that potentially one of my son's scooters? Which one? One of these new ones. Oh, the yes. new one? Yeah, they all the came new? in today. We're going to talk about that. Oh, yeah. yeah. We're going to talk a lot about the news or news. news. What's all the news with Gary Gnews? Yeah. Yeah. The, uh, and also, arguably, the strongest fucking rack ever, yeah. <laughs> ever I, you made. Know I've seen some nice racks in my life, <laughs> <laughs> but I've never seen such a healthy rack. No. Yeah. The, the, it's the, super Chinese, stiff. the Chinese have now made the firmest rack I've ever, ever laid my ever. eyes on. Yeah, by far. What on these things? Oh, my God. You have no idea. We'll discuss it. We'll discuss it. It's a podcast topic. <laughs> <laughs> what the shit is going on there? I'll take it. Do, oh, he's got, no, he's got an ice ball. In there. He's good to go. He'll take it. Good to go. Oh, yeah. The hovering ice ball. The trick with the ice balls is to serve it in a glass the ice ball can't hit the bottom right, in, yeah. and then try to bury the ice with bourbon. Yeah. You're going to kill a man with that. <laughs> no, but the podcast gets more interesting. Got to kill it, cover the ice ball. Yeah. How come that's six, six ounces of high-powered, high-powered booze in there? Because that's 100 proof. So. What, what did you want? Um, I'll take just one of those. And I'll pour yeah, my own ball. liquor. The ball. Yeah, ball, please. Yeah. yeah, give me an ice ball. Still haven't figured out who sent us all that Glenn Morangi sh- shit. No, yeah. Don't ever figure it Phil out. says that one down there is like a really nice old-fashioned, which so I might try one, that once so I... This one right here is basically the nicest old-fashioned you've ever had with one ingredient. Yeah. And that's the single-barrel Jepson's Malort. They're discussing no, Single-barrel Jepson's Malort. You probably can't hear this. Yeah. And yeah. that's actually like... Phil is explaining uh, all the booze to Okay, so here we go. Jepson's Bourbon. Check this out. This is their small batch business, a single barrel. And this is barrel number F4, 63.3% <laughs> <Four 
63. It's in hex. Point, point, point. 63.35% alcohol volume. And they do the math for you. That's 126.7 proofs. Kafoof. This is not fucking around if you are in the people who fuck around category. But again, the sign of a good bourbon. Screw tap. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, screw yeah, tap. Yeah, all, the best, all the best bourbons have a screw tap. <laughs> so I'm going to follow the Dan Kromke rule. I'm just going to pour myself a splash. And I'm going to let it sit for at least five minutes. This is the single barrel. That's the blend over on the other end, both from Jepson's. That's the old-fashioned. And then, please open that. Yeah, that's the slow and low. That's something Brian Bedell introduced me to this weekend. And I got to say, for a one-ingredient beverage, just open that fucker up and pour it into your glass of ice, and you will have an old-fashioned. Mm. A pretty respectable old-fashioned, which just proves that one ingredient can get the, get the job done. Yeah, it, It's go. child-proof, so... Uh... Steve can open it over there. <laughs> I'll let him play with it for a while. Would you like a knife? Steve? Everybody's oh, forgetting that there this is a podcast and nobody's talking in the mic. I know. Steve's right? over here right here walking there, around. You yeah. got the best fucking high powered audio system. <laughs> I mean, in the you world. can always narrate. You can narrate. Yeah, that's true. It's true. Good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, thanks to Chris Franklin. We got Steve's good, snipping the cap. Good quality shit. Don't Steve's now handing the, the bottle Don't to Oscar. On the board. Right. Oscar has the bottle. The bottles. Oscar's first. opening the bottle. Oscar's the bottle. He's pouring the bottle into his so drink. While, while Oscar's doing that, Sleeve is. Ooh, Steve, yeah. I want Sleepy to explain nice. to the audience why he's been infirmed for the past two weeks. Well, um, a couple weeks ago, leaving here <laughs> and riding home on my Triumph, um, I was taking the long way home, and a truck cut in front of me doing about. I was doing about eighty, and the truck was doing eighty-five, and he hit a broken piece of tailpipe that then shot at another 100 miles an hour toward me. Right, yeah. So then I kind of moved my bike over, and then it proceeded to hit me directly in the toes at like 85 miles an hour plus whatever it was moving at. And my eyes, <laughs> it went from like being in a helmet to being in a fishbowl. <laughs> Did you think that you had actually just at that moment lost your toes? I didn't know I had a foot. Oh, I was wow. really, I couldn't, and then I just pulled the clutch in and just kind of went to the side of the it road. Was, I mean, Damn. what that is for anybody who's, that's shrapnel. Yeah. So I mean, yeah. what that is, is that's a big honking piece of trap, shrapnel yep. traveling at your foot at over 100 miles per hour. You know? And I did have motorcycle yeah. boots on. I think that's why I still have toes. Right. Um, if it was a wow. sneaker, I don't think that I'd have a foot right now. Right. But um, so I got to the side of the road and I looked down and I'm like, well, I'm not going to open the boot because if there is some really bad yeah. damage, I don't yeah. want it falling apart or doing something. Swelling. <laughs> so yeah. dropping out. I, of I, I actually tightened it. On the side, what? I pulled it tighter to kind of hold everything together. Or you yeah. might not be able to get your boot back on. Either. Right, yeah. right. Yeah, for real. So I got back on the bike and then was like, shit, that's my shifting foot. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> and so I had to side foot it. You know, oh, yeah, how you yeah, have right. to side oh, yeah, foot, like, you know, and get the, it to the shift. Stump. And, yeah, the, the stump. Yeah, the stump. And the every stump. time I hit a bump or anything, it was just horrible. So when I got home, it was just, it was not good. I took the boot off. Oh, bloody. And I mean, there's there pictures on my Facebook. It was yeah. just not good. Ow. And the fact that I still have a toenail somehow, it, yeah, I don't weird. know if it's Oh, it's coming up. off. Yeah, it's not It takes some time. There's definitely some bad stuff. But anyways, yeah, it hurt. And then, so then, I decided just to come to work here, or I mean, a volunteer here. <laughs> and and uh, within five minutes, I had put three kickstands on top of it throughout the day. Oh, no. I made like a pretty good Jackson Pollock at one point. It was just like... Pfft. And so Renee's making fun of me saying, well, if you decide to explode your toe again, please don't do it by this bike because it's white and it's going to stain it. So, <laughs> so yeah, it's, it's, been a, it's been an adventure and uh, it's still not healed. It's been a week and a half and things aren't Jeez. getting much better. So yeah, that's the toe. It's, it's not good. Now, the part of the story that nobody else here can appreciate 
is the noises that Steve makes. Oh, no. Okay? So if you worked here, and, you know, let's just say you're a mild-mannered customer that is maybe in here trying to spend, you know, something in the neighborhood of, you know, ten to $12,000 maybe. And <coughs> over in the corner of the shop, you hear, Was you wearing a trench coat? <laughs> but the thing is, he's on the ground. So you I was almost passed out. You can't man. see him. You, you have no noises, idea. Yeah. You just hear the noises. And it's like we got a phantom fucking joke, like a ghost in here jacking off in the corner. Right? It's like literally, you look over in the area where the sounds of like bad fucking is coming from, and you look over in the corner, there's nobody there. Just a bunch of bikes. Are you, are you sure like, the toe's not an excuse? Probably. It really isn't. Yeah. You just got makeup on yeah. it. I wish. I wish. He's just laying case. in the corner doing Fake it. Toes? <laughs> yeah. Fake toes. Fake uh, toes. It is. I'm, I'm not kidding that it looks awful. And so he's been wearing one, one shoe, shoe and one prosthetic. What foot. do they call those things? <laughs> it was a cut up crock. A crock. Oh, so he's no. wearing one shoe and one crock. And now I have to tell you, if I were in that position, I would be wearing a motorcycle flat tracking steel boot. I couldn't get my foot into a shoe. No, no. I would have already made a motorcycle <laughs> flat tracking steel boot because the number of times that you have accidentally stubbed your toe. Yeah. Yeah. But like a normal human being stubs their toe. You're like, oh, I stubbed my toe. Mm-hmm. But when you stub a toe with what you got going on. Yeah, one, one. There's literal pus. And blood. And blood. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I would that would happen to yeah. me none times, and I would already have a steel boot. But you know what? I'm confident that I could get shot now, and I'd be okay. Right. And that's true. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. Some people say the only thing, the most painful experience in the world is giving birth to a child. No. And based on what I've heard, the auditory <coughs> signature from Steve's mouth hole, I'm going to tell you that no, in fact, the most painful thing is Steve's toe. Well, it was the uh, second day, though. The second day when I fucking exploded it on a kickstand. Yeah. That was worse than the initial injury. Fair game. So, oh, is, so is that going to be the, the thumbnail for the No, uh, no, oh. we don't want to lose any. <laughs> we can. I can I can send a right. picture. Oh, we've seen the picture. Don't worry about oh, it. Oh, no, yeah. that's not my foot. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Are you going to put it on the big TV? I'm going to put it on the big TV. Oh, that's not mind, my right? foot. Yeah. yeah. That's yeah. slightly worse Trigger than warning. my Trigger warning. <laughs> <laughs> nice trigger Run to your safe space now. So um, yeah. I picked my friend up off the freeway, and uh, two of her two of her toes were lightly attached by flesh uh, in the bottom of her New Balance type or Asics type running shoe. After her motorcycle crash, you can see where the asphalt took the toenail polish off her big toe. And her number three toe. And the best we could do, or the best the surgeons could do. But where's number four? Went to market. <laughs> <laughs> number five. <laughs> wee, 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 all the way home. <laughs> Crazy part is, is it, didn't they start with six? This little piggy went to market. This little piggy stayed home. This little piggy had roast beef. And these little piggies decided to go to an entirely different foot because they were. But anyway, part of the road. They're but, in the side of the road. But here's for the people who are paying attention at home and are watching the video. This is Renee's foot uh, a couple of hours after she had a motorcycle crash and erased her foot. Now that was originally open. The top of that foot was open, and I could see all the bones in her foot like a typewriter, like looking in the top of an old typewriter. And. 
I'm the one. I'm the one that had to sign the authorization for amputation. Oh, now you may think you know a friend pretty good, oh, but have you ever man. signed an authorization for amputation for your friend? Because oh. I have. That's a special bond. That's a special bond right there. But this piece of flesh that's on her foot right there—that's a skin graft. Yeah. And they took the skin graft with the cheese grater, the electric ski, cheese grater machine. They oh, took the skin graft graft her thigh. And you're going to notice there's some strange pigment there. There's yeah. some strange ink. Well, yeah. that's because they took the skin graft oh, from her tattoo. and ran it into her tattoo. Ah. So they actually, they relocated some of her tattoo from her thigh to her foot. Why? Because they're stupid. No, they're surgeons. I don't know. They don't care. <laughs> but they could have taken the skin graft an inch lower. Right. But instead, they took it where they took it and actually botched her fucking tattoo. So after the surgery, one, Renee has a tattoo on her foot she never paid for. I didn't even know she had a tattoo to begin with. (laughs) Not too shabby. (laughs) Right? I was there the day when Renee got her foot tattooed. Yeah. Ah, ah. there you go. But also, <laughs> she had to go back to her tattoo artist and get her tattoo fixed. Well, you know thigh. what's crazy? Yeah. Like, so people are getting their tattoos blacked out now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This will probably nice. be the next thing. Like, rearranging your tattoos. Like, Relocating <laughs> your tattoos. I want my arm on my leg exactly. and my leg on my arm. What do you mean blacked out? <laughs> People, yeah, like they're literally blacking their whole arms out. Yeah, you see people with a whole black leg or a whole black it's arm. Black, just like, mm-hmm. like What's that? the point of that? Reparations. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> sorry, man. Sorry. Yeah, yeah. Better you me. <laughs> it's a little too soon on that. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, anyway, <laughs> at least one person thought it was funny. Everyone else unsubscribed. Uh, <laughs> so, anywho, all of us today, mm. every single one of us sitting at the table today, Got to ride what I'm simply going to call the dumbest bike I've ever ridden. The what did you call it? The bag of cats? It is, <laughs> it is literally it is the same amount of control that you have if you were trying to put six wet cats in a burlap bag. Uh, riding this thing is an exercise in turning off your brain. Uh, you do have to not think. Thinking will only get you in trouble. But I mean, if it didn't have all that power, you'd probably really get in trouble. <laughs> yeah. Wow. All that power. Why does the I've speed pushed, light blink? Because, and we're going to talk about that. I've pushed steering uh, wheelbarrows that had better handling. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Also yeah. true. Yeah. And I have, uh, It's if you've ever had sex with a condom on from a different room, that's what riding this bike is like. This bike is straight up. A sensory deprivation experience. Yeah. Uh, this is a 2019 Honda Gyro Canopy, which if any of you were within 200 feet of our campsite at Mid-Ohio last time, mm. you will have heard Moto G. Pete saying to my friend John Coe, who showed up with all the Honda Gyros, yeah, these are cool and all, but if somebody could find me a Honda Gyro Canopy, I would buy it. No holds barred, no question of price, cost, loss, or value. And he tasked me, because I bring all these vehicles in from Japan, he tasked me with bringing one in from Japan. Little did I know that because I am a degenerate Facebook marketplace (laughs) fetishist, that in fact one would show up in Michigan. Wow. So uh, outside of Grand Rapids, Michigan, this thing showed up, and I happened to be coming back from the Chicago rally last weekend. So I decided to take a minor detour and go up to Grand Rapids, Michigan and give the seller who had a spectacular mullet, (laughs) a a mullet for the ages, I might say, to give him uh, 
he wouldn't take the PayPal. He wouldn't take any form of digital transferable currency. Oh. So I had to actually take him cash. cash. Yeah, I had to actually take him real cash. So I took him real cash. And Clay. Susan B. Anthony so th- silver coins. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> Do, does he import? You said he imports these? No, he doesn't. No. So when I had bought this bike from him, uh, in the process of me looking over his operation and stuff, he had a couple of weird vehicles there, as you'd expect with something like this. He said, well, there's a dealer not far from here that brings these in. And he, he actually has K trucks and these in front of his lot. But he's not like me. He's not going to go to the trouble of getting any of these things titled. Wow. He's dancing between the raindrops. Oh, his okay. K trucks are farm use only, uh, off-road use only. And these things don't have a title. If you were in Japan, they would have a title. He's simply going based on a Michigan rule that says 49 cc's equals moped. Oh. End of conversation. Well, then he could get me a solo. The fuck's a Honda solo. solo. I'm looking. What the fuck's a solo? Oh, it's a, it's my dream bike. Oh, jeez. <laughs> I can't wait. Which to one see is not? Now, yeah, while, it's actually kind of cool. How often do we hear that on the podcast? Oh, we, we said that he was going to say that. I about have a lot this of dreams. Thing. Most of them are stupid. So, okay, so <laughs> but a Honda gonna, Solo is what I really would like to get. So hold on a second. So I'm going to pull it up. Is it up on the screen? It's up on the screen. All right. So I'm going to pull up the Honda Solo, so you guys can see a Honda Solo. All right. This is a tuned Honda Solo. I should okay, bring up. A, okay. I should bring up a bone stock. Yeah, because Steve's not going to tune solo. it. No. Right. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm digging it. All right. So I'm going to bring up a bone okay. stock Honda Solo. It's like a Janus. It looks like a. It's a heinous. <laughs> so it is. Uh, it is the standard ubiquitous Honda horizontal motor yeah. with a carburetor and something akin to a very small motorcycle's gas tank. But it does apparently have like a 16-inch front and rear wheel with spokes, and uh, it's kind of what it is, right? Yeah, yeah kind of what it is. I think we can all agree that's I'm, what it is. I'm not hating it. No, I'm not hating it. Uh, yeah, it's not awful. That's not awful at all. Uh, so it's fifty cc, cool. forty nine cc's. Fifty c. It's a fifty. It's the same. Probably the same engine that's in that. Uh, probably. Yeah. yeah, I mean that's fair. I, I don't have. I don't think I have a problem with that. Uh, yeah, that's kind of cool. I just like Thank it because it's so minimalistic. I mean, it's like almost like the minimum you can get. Oh whoa! So why wouldn't you have one of these? Yeah, that's much better. Because I can order one of these for you today. Oh shit! No. Oh, he's thinking about it. Oh <laughs> shit! I can't see it. You can't see it. The bottle's in the way. Give me, there it is. It's on the bottom screen. So this I can order in for you right now. Oh shit! He's thinking about. Get I'm already it. a dealer for these. Get so it. this is called Get the. It. This Get is called it. the SSR Laser Six. Dude, that would look sexy in the back of and your fire truck. If that's not, <laughs> I mean, if that's not. Red. Right. Yeah. If that's not just head and shoulders the exact same bike as the Honda Solo, I mean give or take a Chinese influence or two. Uh, I think it might be. I mean, honestly. And this good for the, the Sim Wolf 300. <laughs> it does look like a good bike. Right. So that's the Laser 6. So if you want a moped or a noped in this case, um, that, that is that thing. I mean, that's that's what it is. And it's uh, it it's like automatic it's- transmission. It's uh, electronic ignition. It's 2.8 Herspers. So you can't call it a moped in the state of Ohio. Um, one. It might even be teetering on the edge of 43 and a half miles an hour. Uh, but that's what it is. That's exactly what it is. So, yeah, that's kind of, I mean, that has the same flavor to me of a Honda Solo without having to speak 
Japanese to get one. Come on, Hoff. Just buy one so we yeah. can all ride it. Yeah. I don't want to ride it. I'll, I'll be honest with you. This, so I, so yeah. I just had to renew my moped uh, plate? title. Yeah, the plate. Yeah. Which apparently, so I didn't renew it because of COVID. Right. And after like a year, they just chucked it. It was like, no, it got, it's off the Wait system. Wait a second. So they have to give me another new plate. So I didn't get the stickers for the, for my current plate. Right. Because yeah. it, it's off the record. So they but have it, to give but, me a new one. But this is a weird thing about Ohio that I will tell you. I am a licensed trailer dealer in the state of Ohio, which means I have three trailer dealer plates. Mm-hmm. Okay. So when I call the state of Ohio to say, oh, shit, I forgot to renew my trailer right. plates. Mm-hmm. And I would like you to send me three <laughs> more trailer plates. They go, uh, let's just reinitiate your dealer's license and send you three trailer plates. Now, rather than give what? me stickers, rather than give me stickers for three trailer well, plates, they literally just want to send me three totally new trailer plates. Hmm. And that's and, what I told them. Right. I was like, just, I need the stickers. It's I need fine. stickers. He's like, no, yeah. no, no, no. Here's a new plate. And I was like, all right. But yeah, the, so the thing is, it's under 50 cc's under one... Hersper. One Hersper. Yeah, that's right. One so, Hersper. That's but it's state of Ohio. A, it's a checkbox on the it's fucking piece of paper. Right. They don't, I they, promise this is less than one horsepower. Yeah. Right. Look, my PC50 is, you, it's not licensed. You can't license it in the state of Ohio. So you just, it happens to be a PA50 on paper. Yeah. That's what they sold, yeah, that's sold what it, it to me. Yeah. Yes. That's what the yeah. bill of sale yeah. says. So. Yeah. So there you have it. Yep. Wow, man. So uh, back. You, can you get a. Um, Hysterical plates for those? No. For mopeds? Mopeds, no. No. I tried. Yeah, they don't do it. No. Yeah. Again, they're barely acknowledging the existence of them at all. Well, that's what sucks because it's you 50 the, cc's. You yeah. barely use them. Right. And I had, so I have the historical plates for the CT110, right. but yet I can't get historical plates for a fucking moped, a 678 moped. Yeah. Right. And that's so, true. And in most states, Michigan not exempt. In most states, if you have a moped registration, there's no title for a moped. It's just a registration because it's a fucking moped. They didn't make mo- titles for most mopeds. But what they do is they just give you a sticker. And that's what's on the back of that oh, yeah. Honda um, gyro out there is a Honda is a Michigan sticker. It's a green sticker. It's designed to literally fit like on the fork or on the back fender of a moped. Mm. And it's uh, two years, I think two or three years at a time. So that thing's got a valid Michigan registration on it right now. So shocking that you guys were riding around on probably one of the first bikes you've ever ridden at Cleveland Moto that was legal. (laughs) That was legal. So I have a question. So like you're talking about titles. Yeah. So with the bike I purchased last week, Mm -hmm. um, the guy that I was purchasing it from, it was his mom and dad's and he didn't care about motorcycles, but he Mm -hmm. was, he was going to sell all his dad's stuff, his cars and his bikes. Yeah. And he couldn't find the titles. So he hired a company yep. and all of my, like I got a legal title. Now it's an Ohio yep. title in yep. my name with no problem. Right. And he but, was not in Ohio when he did that. No, in Indiana. Exactly. Oh, so they, that's, that's the uh, trick. Okay. Yep, that's the trick. So that would be called a bonded title. And that would be, you'd hire an attorney and an attorney would establish something with a court that says, uh, we're putting a $20,000 bond out that says these vehicles aren't stolen. Hmm. Now a bond is generally 5% cash assurity. So if you put a $20,000 bond, if they would say that these three motorcycles together are worth Mm $20,000 by anybody's estimation, you only have to fool the judge or the magistrate or whoever. And they go, yeah, that seems right. So these three vintage motorcycles. And they go, okay, so we're going to set an ambiguous value of Mm $20,000. So you would then need to put $1,000 of your money as represented by that attorney. That's a bond. Okay. Now, if... 
those motorcycles aren't reported as being stolen within a year or two years or whatever your state's laws are, then you get that money back because they weren't stolen. But you put up the money to promise that they weren't stolen. So he probably was able to do it because there was two cars that he was probably getting. Not probably able to do it. There are literally things no, you but can... But I'm saying yeah. it's worthwhile for him. Oh, to do. yeah. Because, like if oh, it was I'd just, be doing it all day long. Yeah, if it was yeah. just the bikes that I, the bike I was buying, he probably wouldn't have done it. I would be it, doing but, it all day long. Yeah, but you can't do it in Ohio, right? You can't do it in Ohio. Because it's exactly stupid. Right. Because, because it makes fucking <laughs> yeah, sense. Right. Yeah. The reason you can't do it in our state is because it makes sense. Yeah, so if somebody right. dies and they lose their title, you have a bike you can't ride unless Forever. you pull some shit. Well, I mean... Right. We know we know things. Yeah, right. Right. We're not going to talk about it on this forum. But no, we know no, things. No. Yeah, right. right, right. Right. We know people. We know things. There's other states. We got a guy. Maybe you <laughs> could even talk to somebody in like I don't know, like Indiana. Yeah, right. And make a friend in Indiana. Yeah, right. Or maybe make a friend in Michigan. Or maybe make a friend in Pittsburgh. Yeah. Right. Well, you I can, need a friend in Pittsburgh because I'm still fighting with that stupid sim. See, this is it. <laughs> the, guy, yeah. the guy they were going to send me the bonding, not the bonding company, but the bank. Yeah. Said it was paid off. Right. I said, I have the title and everything. The guy's like, I'll send you the, we'll send you the lien release. Yeah. Never shows up. That's a personal problem. Yeah. Yeah. That's a personal problem. But I think that because I'm not the guy, they're not right. sending me the lien release. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Because oh, I have to be Joe Tebow. You have to send the lien release to the ass. I mean, the guy. And then the guy has to send the lien release to you. Yeah. The guy's yeah. in the wind. That's my point. Yeah, right, right. Just yeah. fake the lean release. Make I mean, phony allegedly <laughs> fake the lean release. Right, yeah. Well, so, I, mean, can I, I was going to have an attorney call the bank and say, listen, my client has legal, he's got a signed over title to him, which gives him legal right. stuff. No, well, and, and you're holding up, I mean, your lean is on the, the title or on this bike. It's not... With the other guy, the lien is on this title, and my client is the legal holder of the title. Yeah. So I mean, all you need to say is that you, I don't know that this title is clear, right? And then it's it's a, a free. Is the gotta, title currently stamped that there's a lien on it? Because this it's, is what it's not stamped at all. All it says is lien. It has a name. Okay. So I called that bank, right? Yeah, and they gave me a guy. And the guy's like, "Yeah, I'll just so send is you your." title an actual title or is it a memorandum title no it's an actual title well then that means that the lien's been paid off otherwise you just have a memorandum title but when i took it into the bmv they said there's no there's no lien release Hmm. and it's not stamped on the title and Hmm. i said but there's no it says there's like a state thing for a stamp for the state use only yeah but there's nothing that says that it's still owed but it said that this was first in line so now people probably understand why when we in the state of ohio talk about a bike doesn't have a title why that will reduce the value of that bike by about 95 percent. yeah it's basically worthless right because now we know that it's probably more likely for that bike to become parts than it is to become ever running like titled i've seen people selling titled frames for more than an entire bike absolutely absolutely for ohio bikes for fucking sure absolutely and that would be good for this thing if i could find a sim with a blown engine or something then it would be fine i could just swap everything over Mm -hmm. yep right on right on and then with that bmw that i bought from you the wrecked one yep i have the title for that yep but i have a new frame ah so there's no reason why can't i just take the frame plate and rivet that on the new frame i did i didn't say you couldn't 
Yeah, I think every chop shop in Ohio does. Yeah, I was going to say, I'm just might, saying, I'm, I'm I saying, it's kind of noticed. I think that might be page one, chapter one of, yeah. Well, I don't know. I'm, you know, I don't. Overcoming adverse yeah. situations through the use of being normal. Yeah, right. Yeah. Metal, Drink up. Metal stamps. Yeah, metal stamps. Exactly. Yeah, that's, that's real too. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, uh, not to go, not to go too deep into the weeds on that. But so anyway, Pete. MotoGP said, buy this fucking bike. Buy this gyro from me. And as luck would have it, here it is. We brought it here back to the shop. Um, we have now all ridden it. Mm-hmm. I have acquired at least three pizzas in it. Mm-hmm. I have used it to go to the bank and various other Well, explain how big tests. the box is on the back. Well, um, <laughs> you could- I'd say at least seven cubits. Yeah. Right. Ten, it's ten at least pizzas. seven cubits. I'm going to say 10 extra large pizzas with stuffed crust. Yeah. Easily. Two small children. Yeah. Three, maybe. Two, maybe three small children. Yeah. Exactly. You have five or six bags of groceries, too. At least eight bowling balls. <laughs> right? <laughs> let's, let's use equations we're familiar with. 12 uh, cinder blocks. I'm going to say 240 beers. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yep. Yeah. A yeah. keg. Well. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe. Mm. 22 boxes of wine. Sure. Right. Right. That's another volume four, people Four know. pony kegs, definitely. Four pony kegs? Yeah. Uh, yeah. What other things would fit in there? Let's think of things that were equivalent. Three turtle doves. <laughs> and, and a cartridge and a bear tree. Uh, but I, yeah, it's a big box. That box is bigger than your mom. No. I was going to say, the I Chevy haven't B8. seen a box that big well, since I left get... Germany. Oh. Yeah. Yeah, the, uh, for real. The Germans. Germans. <laughs> exactly. And that's true. Uh, so, but riding it is fucking weird. Yeah, it is. Because it leans. It is not an MP3. It will not hold itself up at lights until you do the little parky lock thing. Little parky lock thing is completely analog. There's no electronics involved. One wheel in the front, two in the rear. One in the front, two in the rear. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Right? Two in the front, yeah, five yeah. in the rear. One in the, one in the pink. That's a minivan. Yeah, right. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> just the other way around. But the two in the, the, two in the back are much smaller. Yeah. Right. Much smaller. They're yeah, just the like pink, knuckles. The They're yeah, just yeah, knuckles. Yeah, 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 right. So Two pinkies in the stinky. It's a knuckler. Yeah, <laughs> two pinkies in the stinky. <laughs> <laughs> that's what they're going to call the next one. Uh, the, the mildly shocking. But it is... Uh, but it is... It reminds me of... Aunt Fanny from Robots. Yes, it does. It yeah. has a lot of back. It's bulbous. Baby, baby got back and for days. I yeah. can only imagine that would be like a huge person trying to run. Like, I mean, that's what it feels like because there's so much mass behind you. Yes. And there's no feeling in front of you. I got it's like cut. being numb. It's not mass. It's volume. It's volume. Right. That's right. This thing has very little mass, but it has excessive <laughs> amounts of volume. But at that high level, doesn't yeah. it give you a lot of torque? I mean, it would be a lot of torsion on the rear. <laughs> just, just a little bit of mass at that high, hey, high man. level. Hey, you know? man. It's... So one thing I can tell you is going to get the pizza. It is my world 49cc land speed record from <laughs> here to Papa John's. I got it to 52 kilometers per hour, which nice. is the fastest I've ever had it. The speed light was engaged uh, randomly, though. Uh, but when I was leaving Papa John's, I left with a maximum state of fury. <clears throat> I, I was just had the throttle pinned. I used the brake for my turn, and off I went into traffic, which was probably too ambitious. When I pulled out here, it was probably too ambitious. I mean, I pulled out between moving cars. Once you were weighted down with those three pizzas. Those three pizzas. It really <laughs> slowed me down. But what had happened is I pulled out, and some <laughs> jag off in a Rubicon immediately cut me off. So, like, as soon as the guy... And how do you not see me? Yeah. Like, it has a farm your, tractor thing on the back. It has a giant back. orange triangle on the back yeah. that you yeah. only see on the back of Amish vehicles. Right. 
And it's the full-size one. It's not the little one. It's oh. the full-size one that they use for moving the space shuttle. <laughs> and this guy fully cut me off in a Rubicon. And I was like, ah, oh, shit. So I had to dive over into what was left of the right lane where all the drunks park in front of the Irish bars. And I immediately, you know, I, I evaded. But then I, I made the demand to the boiler room for more steam. And that, that letter went unanswered. Captain, more power. I, I, I could have literally sent this thing via smoke signals. <laughs> I pinned it. And the event of pinning did not a fucking thing. I've given it all she's got. When, Captain. I, when, I, when I wrote it, it felt like... <laughs> hey, you know what? Get it up. <laughs> when a bike bogs down, like when you give a yeah. gas and a bike bogs down... And you're like, oh, fuck, it's going to die. No. Right. That's pretty much all it That's has. That's all it has. <laughs> but the trick is, once you get the, when you pull away from the light, the variator is doing what it likes to do. Mm-hmm. It's saying, okay, 8,000 RPMs, yep. maximum variator efficiency. Let's do this. And the bike leaves the light kind of okay. Like, mm-hmm. not as bad as you think it would be. Certainly better than a four-stroke 49cc Vespa modern fuel-injected one, right? Mm-hmm. It's better than that. It does better than that. But... If you interfere with that in any way, meaning you touch the brake or you slow down, you'll never get that launch back. You'll never be like, okay, do over on the launch. Now you're at the wrong RPM and fighting to get that rotation back is not good because you're at the wrong spot in the variator. So once I had to slow down for the guy that cut me off, I couldn't get the power back. So it took me the whole way here. Now, man, you're getting there. I got to 52 kilometers per hour. Relatively okay. Yeah. But I could never build that speed back once I had it taken from me. So that's one of those things. I mean, these are ultimately Japanese food delivery vehicles. You know, that's mm-hmm. what this is. It's okay. You know. It, but when the Rubicon went by, we egged them. Well, again, I <laughs> wanted to do terrible things to the Rubicon, but it pulled away from me and there was nothing I could do. Yeah, couldn't right. catch I, But I what we said that. was this thing can do things that a bicycle never could. No. I mean, it's no. way better than right. having a bicycle. True. Right. 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 It, this gives the ability for fat people to deliver food. Whereas a bicycle can't do that. Right. The, the windshield and the canopy itself, it's kind of cool to have. The windshield with the windshield it, wiper it and does, squirters? Yeah. Fuel injection, yeah. four valves. A cold day or a rainy day, cold rainy day, yeah. it yeah. would be great. It would be wonderful. Yeah. I was going to leave it at my house and ride it all the way in from Avon Lake to here, which I have Whoa. done before on a 49cc, and I live to regret it. And I decided, nope, I'm not going to do that. I just de- I just delivered it here. So that would yeah. mean that Steve would ride it all year round then? Yeah. Snow wouldn't stop you? I yeah. was actually thinking about that. What's that uh, Daihatsu? That one-seat Daihatsu? It's right outside. Yeah. It's a Daihatsu Midget too. Oh, yeah, yeah. That, yeah. Oh, that's awesome. That one is actually something that I would think about ri- like riding in the winter or driving. Oh, yeah. I guess yeah. driving, yeah, you driving, drive yeah. that. But, but, I mean, do they make those with five speeds? No. No. It's so, only the four-speed. Correct. Yeah. So, so you're limited to... It, it's missing a... F- so oscar got to have the first first hand experience of it and that is from zero to 40 miles per hour it is like a rape tape i mean this thing couldn't be any more excited to go fast it is it is like yeah baby let's play but when you get to 50 miles per hour they have managed to scientifically, without the use of fuel injection or without the use of electronic controlled ignition or anything else, they've managed to mathematically, mechanically limit its speed through one, not being enough gears, and two, not being enough horsepowers. Mm-hmm. So they've detuned a traditional 660 motor 
And not only did they detune it, but they 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 took away one of the gears. And so by by doing all of those things to it, you end up with something that is very fun. It's very nippy around town. It, it oh, yeah. picks right up and hauls the asses. But it does not like to go freeway speeds. No. And that I think was part of the design. I don't think that was That's calling for a Hayabusa swap. It is. Oh, shit. It, it is. I agree. Or yeah. a zero swap. Yeah, oh yeah. I agree. Um, it is all of those things. But what I can, you know, what I can tell you from having driven it a lot, like, you know, driven it quite a bit, yeah. is it's it is very fun. It's hilariously fun. Uh, and they do race these. Oh, I yeah. had some midget twos and they race them and I want to go race them because it looks like it'd be a load of fun. But things you cannot do in a Daihatsu midget two. One, have a friend. Oh yeah. Once well, you're not allowed bag. to have friends. So once they could have three friends sit in the back. The other thing you can't do is adjust your left mirror. You can't oh, adjust yeah. your left mirror. Because the left window doesn't roll down. Yeah, you can't. Oh, no. The left oh, door yeah. opens, but when you open the left door, the mirror goes with it. So it's like if you open the left door to adjust your mirror, you've just made your problem further away. Yeah. <laughs> now, you're so close in this thing that if you could roll both windows down, you could, wouldn't need turn signals. You could signal right or left with just your hands. You could clap on top of it. You could clap yeah. on top of it. <laughs> <laughs> It's basically meant to carry four beer kegs uh, around a crowded city, delivering beer kegs to bars and restaurants. Did, did you see that weird Rolls Royce it. Jeep I sent you yeah. from Korea? From Korea. That was so weird. Right. Dude. Yeah. It's, I always say it will never get dumb enough for me. Like, it'll never get crazy enough. It'll never get stupid enough for me. But occasionally there are things that I'm like, yeah, I'm not going to buy that. Like, yeah, that's. That, that was yeah. really weird. It looked like a Rolls Royce front end, mm-hmm. but it was a Jeep <laughs> yeah. with. A six-passenger Jeep with right. seats facing each other. Yep. With It looked like, what kind of, like a couch interior, like the guy upholstered oh, it was chuck and roll. awful. Yeah. It was a horrible one. Yeah. And I thought it looked better, better than the Lady Boy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but that. But anyway, I thought that'd be fun. We could, you know, bullshit about that for a second. That's pretty good. So it, was, it was weird to write that gyro. Yeah, the gyro is a weird ride, weird, man. Well, it's you know what's weird. weird? It's intimidating at first because you're like, "Fuck!" But if you forget that you're in it and you just ride it like just a motorcycle, it, it kind of rides normal. Disengage brain. Yeah, like disengage brain. I tell people all the time, like if you just suddenly woke up and you were numb from the belly button down, <laughs> your brain could <laughs> still tell your legs how to work. Yeah, your brain's been doing it for your whole life. It would just send the signal, yeah. and you'd walk. Right, you wouldn't get any of the feedback, but you'd still walk. Right, and that's exactly what riding this thing is like. You go, you don't get any of the feedback, right? But you still mm-hmm. go. Yeah, that's yeah. fine. Yeah. So I thought that was kind of fun. Yeah, yeah. it was neat. Yeah, it, it was pretty neat. Uh, kind of, kind of interesting. Uh, that I'm happy Pete got it. I mean, I really am, and it'll be really, really cool for him to. I uh, wonder what his vision is for it. I don't know. Just to fucking own it. What I'm hoping, though, is I'm hoping that the liquor monster doesn't crawl up his fucking spine. Oh, no, like last time? At mid-Ohio and have him... Off-roading it? (laughs) Have him Vespa 150, this thing. Yeah. If you go down the hill and that, it ain't coming back. It's a permanent feature at the bottom of that hill. I would hope that he would see how pristine it is. Yeah. Yeah. Respect it. Yeah. And at best... Ride it around. I mean, that's what you want. I'm hoping he goes down the fucking hill. I know. <laughs> no, 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 dude. Uh-huh. No, 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 no. Wait, wait, wait. He's going to do the burnout. Do with the bumper? It looks like it's smiling. It does. Yeah, yeah. They're, 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 those, I mean, once the good. check clears, man, I want, I want to see him go full balls out on that thing. He's going to do the burnout. <laughs> full balls out would be like uh, 
nine-year-old saying he's got balls, you know? That's <laughs> true. It is. It's like they haven't dropped yet on that. Dude, if you throw, <laughs> if you, you can throw anything down a hill and it's going to be adventurous. That's true. That's also you know, true. You could throw the monkey down the hill, but it'll only do 60. You could drive it off a cliff <laughs> and you'll, you'll land at that's 60 also miles an hour because yep. it's yep. as fast as it can go. Uh, <laughs> Meckle Fresh had, in my opinion, probably the best idea. Ooh. Like oh. the best idea. Wood, did you smell wood burning? I did. Yeah, I did. Um, he had the best idea for this thing. And I don't know. Should we go public with it? I mean, I mean, who's going to steal our idea? Everybody, maybe. Go know. ahead. Go ahead, John. Bust it out. Well, I mean, it's, a, it's basically a pizza delivery thing. So it's you, kind all, of what it's designed to do. All you have to do is call Domino's and order 10 pizzas and have them deliver them at the gate at Mid-Ohio. Throw them in the back and drive around. You could probably, you know, double your money on pizzas. So ten nice. pizzas, ten bucks a piece. Set up a time get, every yeah. forty-five minutes. Bring more. Just keep sending them. Yeah. I mean, yeah. if they're not going to sell pizzas like they did, la- they didn't sell them last year. You right. Yeah, well, right. Yeah. The little yeah. golf carts with pizzas didn't roam around, yeah. and we would have killed for one at you know one o'clock in the morning. So I do agree that yeah, that's a really fucking good idea. Um, yeah, it's I a little bit. I don't know about riding. I mean, those guys were riding those gyros down there last year. But just riding it up the bumpy road back there, you know, right mm-hmm. behind the shop, I was like, the suspension was not great. I no. mean, I didn't, no. was not. I thought it was going to damage it on the street. On this, yeah. 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 And That's I why was I just going went slowly because I yeah. didn't, Same with here. those tiny wheels, yeah. Yeah. you yeah. could bury the whole thing in, the, in a, a bottle. bottle. Yeah. yeah. And that is, and that is with any Honda Gyro, we've all been there. We've all seen all the American available Honda gyros that have existed, they all have that thing in common. They all have the eight inch back wheels, the small little tiny back wheels. The front's like a 12 inch wheel though. It's big. Yeah. Yeah, It wasn't the suspension in the front. It was the little wheels in the back were just like. This vehicle has the largest front wheel I've seen on a Honda gyro. Mm -hmm. The thickest, biggest front wheel I've ever seen (laughs) on a gyro, but all the gyros have in common. They have the little tiny wheels out back. So that's just the way they are. So, but I, those have been surviving mid Ohio for a long time. There's nobody that says you got to do the hill climb. It definitely has the thickest, yeah. veiniest front wheel I've seen. Yeah. Is that a four-stroke? <laughs> yes, it is a four-stroke. gyros are two-strokes, aren't they? Uh, yeah. Well, it depends on which one you're looking at. But yeah. yes, for, to answer your question, 49 cc's, four valves, fuel injected. Mm-hmm. Yep. So mm-hmm. pretty fucking cool. Yeah, pretty neat. Uh, it has a Kickstarter. It's kind of cool. I, I yeah. was thinking that the only thing that's still slower than that is a Metropolitan. <laughs> yes, for sure. Because the Metropolitan be, yeah. is still slower than that. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. Yeah. Or, or that one year, the, those years, those air-cooled Metropolitans. Yeah, I thought you were going to say Versys. No, I like that. I like Ver- I'm going to buy one of those because I think they're one of the best bikes ever made. Wow. I'm proud you own one. <laughs> What's that? You made a good decision in buying that. Well, thank you. I really appreciate that. That means a lot coming from you. Mark, mark that down today. Yeah. I know, right? What yeah. the hell happened to you? Three stars. Yeah. The uh, <laughs> He's got COVID. <laughs> yeah. yeah, he's down. It's the Jepsons. <laughs> so many people, and this is hilarious. I'm going through like the podcast listener feedback, Patreon, because we have oh. Patreons. We have oh. new Patreons. Yay. Mm-hmm. But uh, the Patreons, I've had five Patreons ask us, what is the name again of that ice made the the ice oh, the, the clear the, icing? Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. called ice made clear. Oh, Fucking yeah, yeah, simple yeah. ice made clear. Yeah. And it's kind of a what do they R- call that? Ricketts. Ricketts. Yeah. Right, yeah, yeah. Ricketts. So it's Ricketts' husbands. So it's our friend Ricketts. It's her husband. And uh, anyway, 
She, we call her rickets. Her legs do go straight, but uh, that's fine. The, uh, <laughs> but that's just, you know, come on. Chill out. This is cool. Uh, but anyway, and we've also had many people that are saying, what is the new hotline number? Oh. If you're a Patreon, go to log into your little Patreon thing. Log into the mess- pa- Patreon messenger. I answer them all and log in and say, what's the new hotline number? I'll put that new hotline on there, number for you. Yep, so you'll have the new hotline number. So, you know, you won't have to panic and freak out because you don't have the new hotline or, number. Or, like, we listener week. mail. Well, we had more oh, yeah. than listener mail. Or you mail. can just fucking Show come up. in and see us. Yeah. Talk Woo-hoo. about it, Steve. Well, we had a guy. What was it? I can't say his name. It's on your screen over here. What it is V O J T E C. I'm going to put it up here Voitech. so all the boys can read it. Voitech? Voitech. Voitech Machenka. Yeah. I'm a, I'm going with Wojciech Machenka. So that is our our friend, our podcast listener. Yeah, he right? came in and Phil was occupied. I was so fucking. I was getting my <laughs> ass handed to me. Phil yeah. was doing electric bike sales oh to people God. that didn't like electric motorcycles. I literally so had, that was a fun thing. Oh, I had a guy call me. He's like, "Hey, yeah, I want to buy this electric bike and everything else, but I got I'm bringing it to my dad and I'm bringing it to my uncle. Yeah, and oh, I got to no. let you know, my uncle hates electric vehicles. Period. And my dad hates my uncle. No. no, my my dad my dad hates Italian vehicles. Oh, it was a double fuck. whammy. And I was like, so why the fuck would you bring them in? Yeah. Well, if they've already told me they hate what I'm doing here, then why would you bring them in if other than to just say gauntlet thrown? Yeah. I think you converted them though. They were smiling. He called me back and he's like, dude, he goes, it took you an hour and a half yeah. that I'll never get back. But but I did, and I, I had these guys smiling, shaking my hands and everything else. The one guy gave me a little tap on the balls before he walked out. <laughs> I thought that was nice. Uh, but no, the point being like, look, the one thing we don't have time for, this is, this is the world we live in. If you ask me, I'm not yet retired. I don't have an extra six hours a day to just sit and look at the fucking grass. I'm, every moment of every fucking day, I'm doing something. Well, and the, what people don't realize, and I never realized until I've been volunteering here, um, when you're... That's your story and you're sticking to it. That's right. <laughs> um, when you talk to somebody for an hour yeah. and then you check the voicemail, you have 37 voicemails. Every single time. Every fucking every time. Every single like, time. Like, it's insane. When I'm talking to the guy today who called me about his 1983 Virago and how he's certain it just needs Classic. a carburetor clean, okay, or whatever it is, but when I'm talking that guy down off a ledge yeah. and telling him that he can do any number of things with his bike except bring it here, right? <laughs> <laughs> Most of them involve intercourse, but it's cool. But anyway, when I'm talking to him, our little phone, our message, our, our, our message thing, our, the little beep, we call it, I'm having a beep. You're having a beep. What does that mean? That means somebody else is trying to call you. And that means that person trying to call you, there's, depending on the conversation you're having right now, could be... A three to one, a seven to one, a nine to one, a 12 to one odds that that call that's waiting for you is better money making than the call you're having. Mm-hmm. Now, sometimes, and sometimes, it's like you're trying to jack off with hockey gloves on. Like, you know that whatever you're doing right now is the worst thing you could be doing right now. Yeah. That any phone call that's on the other end, I mean, I would rather hear somebody try to sell me an extended warranty for a car I don't own anymore <laughs> than talk to somebody about a car, a bike, or motorcycle that they just foolishly purchased. Yep. And now they have nowhere to work on it. But that's 
the kind of calls that we get. Oh, it's nuts. I, I, I really didn't. I mean, you know, I always knew that you were telling the truth, but I didn't know the extent of how much shit you have to put up with on a daily basis. Some of the calls that you entertain are I'm laughing my dick off in the corner just listening to you talk to these guys. The one guy arguing with you You're about carburetors. Well, I no, am. But, sitting on the floor jacking off. Yeah, I do that as well. <laughs> no, but seriously. With hockey gloves. But like, yeah. like, like. It's really interesting to hear Phil like decide that you know what I'm not going to hang up on this guy and I'm going to try to fucking educate him and then it turns into a thing and it's fucking entertaining. I saw a weird thing today. It was a guy eating snails. <laughs> Said he doesn't like fast food. So, anyways, getting back to <laughs> Bojack. Uh, Chris. Right, right, right. So he brought he brought everybody a big fat pile of beer. It's oh, right yeah, over he there. He Oscar's enjoying fridge. the oh, coconut yeah. thing over here. Yeah. And he also bought an SSR. It's oh, a good, yeah. it's a good How was the coconut thing? It was good. Yeah. 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 I'm going to really try one of those later on. That looks yeah. like How many stars? Three. Ah, Ooh, three stars. Nice. That's nice. a good thing, right? There you go. Yeah. Exactly what you expected. Yeah. 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 That's exactly what yeah. you wanted. Uh, so anyway, I just to get into that, we had a great visit from a Patreon yeah. uh, member. And if you do go on the Patreon thing and you want to know, yes, we can absolutely... You know, give you all the data you need. We can give you the new hotline number and all this good shit. Like it is all right there. Uh, so that's that's, that's real. That exists. Mm-hmm. Well, that's yeah. my phone, and that's what it normally sounds like when you assholes are all texting. So I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know why it's going off now. Mine, no, so. you can go into your settings in your phone and just mute that conversation. Yeah, really, you yeah. can. Yeah. I, what? <laughs> that's real. You can do that. Yep, you can do that. That's a real thing. But then you don't know what's going on. Oh, well. I know exactly what's going on. Our neighbors had a baby in their text. Oh, really? Oh, oh man. Did is they reveal yours? the gender? <laughs> it's a, it is a masculine child. Ah, yes. Okay, so would you guys like to hear a Uh-oh. tech question, a.k.a. Uh, okay, all right. So you remember that guy that uh, who let us know that the DGR was charging money to participate? Yeah. Okay, yeah, well, he's back. He's back. He's back. He's back. So here we go. Uh so he like again he does say have it both ways keep the podcast a half drunken shit show but maintain the current level of audio quality that's I not love a prop. That. all right that's yeah. cool yeah. it's a good that's so a prop. okay so dave king says tech question here i seem to remember oh wait i'm gonna read it i, I gotta do the accent thing like to do on the misfits tech question here i seem to remember a discussion a long time ago on the podcast about throttle position sensors and a way to recalibrate them I believe Sleepy and I have the same bike, Kawasaki KZ900RS. It's the Eddie Lawson Replica Vacation Cafe. I love it nearly as much as our child. It's way too much bike for my riding capability, but coming off the death trap Stella, the Z900 gives me a smile in the most demented ways. I've kept mine boner stock, but I'm always fighting somewhat with the snatchy throttle. If you don't mind, could you please rehash that discussion once more? Cheers. And I read that in, yeah. uh, I, I was reading it in cursive. Yeah. So Was he asking about carbs? Because it's, it's a fuel injection. It's, no, he says. So he says, throttle position sensor reset. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So let's cover one part of this at a time. Yeah. If you own a fuel injected motorcycle... And it's, and it's from the last 15 years. There's something in your ECU of your motorcycle that is essentially adaptive. And some people use the phrase, it learns. It learns you. It learns what's going on. It learns what kind of gas you use. It learns the way you drive. 
Those are all fancy, fancy ways to say it's just collecting data and it's modifying its map a tiny bit. There's like a little window in which the map will operate for optimal performance. So when we have customers that buy brand new fuel injected bikes, they buy the bike brand new and for the first 600 miles, they're good owners. So they're babying it and they're breaking it in. But then after that, we do a service on the bike and we give them the blessing that they can now go out and ride it like they stole it. And then they go, oh, great. And they go out and ride it like they stole it. But the ECU has had a month or two or three months, or let's just say a hundred start buttons, a hundred key swings of the guy who's taking it really easy on it. Mm -hmm. And so now though, you're going to like start pinning it everywhere you go. And the bike is going to be like, who the fuck are you? Mm -hmm. Okay. So rather than get it, getting that bike to learn a whole new thing, just disconnect the red terminal from the battery. So disconnect the heavy high tension positive lead. Take that positive tension lead and move it over and touch something metal with it. Because every motorcycle we're going to be talking about right now is going to be negative grounded to the chassis. And if you take that positive high tension lead and provided you don't have 19 other things plugged into it for your no heated grips and your battery tenders and all your shit that you've got hooked up. If you do that, then what will happen is it will literally null out or empty out the data that's in your flash on your ECU and your electronic control unit is not just a little baby computer. It's also a little baby computer that has both flash memory Mm -hmm. that comes from the factory that you cannot alter. And it has stored data that is a history of the way that you've ridden Depending on the, like, if you have a bike with a Minarelli computer, Minarelli computers have a ECUs. Minarelli ECUs have a ton of memory. So they can keep a lot of data in there. Mm-hmm. And you might, getting a check, you might be getting a check engine light for something that happened 18 tanks of gas ago. So by taking the positive terminal off, now some people would say, oh, leave the positive terminal off for 24 hours. And that's a great way to purge the electricity that's inside the ECU. And that will be enough to start over again. I just move the fucking positive terminal lead over to a piece of metal. There's no sparks that happen. That's not what's doing. You're literally just draining all the electrons out of it. So you do that and then you hook it back up again. Then you start the machine using only one finger. Not the whole fist. Mm -hmm. Just one finger. You turn the key on. Make sure your kill switch is in the run position and press the start button. If it doesn't catch the first time, Don't do anything different. Turn the key off, turn the key back on again, and press the start button again. The bike may take two or three times of this, and you don't have to turn the switch off. You can leave the switch on. You leave the key on. But the bike may take two or three button presses to get it to launch because it's starting new. Have you ever worn a pair of shoes for the first time? Right? It's going to be different. So it's starting with nothing. But what it has is it has the pipe that your bike has on it. It has the way you're going to ride it, right? That's about to happen. It will start and let it start and don't touch the throttle. Let it start and give it about three, four minutes. You may hear the idle hunting. It's learning. Stay the fuck away from it. And then after it's done that for three or four minutes, go ahead and shut the thing off. Just shut it off. Shut it off. Walk away. Give it a few minutes. Go back. Turn it on. Same thing. One finger only. Start the bike. Get on it and now take it for a ride like you've been riding it. 
Now, the first time you ride it, it's not going to feel the same as it just felt. Some people say it feels a lot better. Some people say it feels a lot worse. The point being, ride it like you ride. Don't ride it like you're breaking it in. Don't ride it like you want your mom to ride. Ride it like you ride. And it will learn that. And it will have a whole new data set of parameters for you and the way you operate. That's called resetting the throttle position sensor. Now, a lot of motorcycles in the menu of the motorcycle, if you can drill down into the menu, if you have an Aprilia, there's a service code. If you have a Ducati, there's a service code. If you have a Moto Guzzi, there's a service code. You may have to go online and find the service code that you can punch in to the menu screen of your particular motorcycle and reset your throttle position sensor digitally, electronically through the button presses. But if you do that nulling out the positive terminal, you are going to get the closest thing that you're going to be able to get to an actual factory throttle position reset. Well, that's what I was going to say. So that that worked a little bit. Mm-hmm. But the other two things, one, um, when I got mine, um, the throttle had a good, like you have to tighten the throttle cables. It's a two Absolutely. thing. Make sure that you're starting yeah. from, like, you know, the, you don't, as soon as you pull it, you want to make sure it's adding throttle and yep. it's not whatever, you know. Like, and there's two ways you can be wrong because we've had customers bring bikes in here too. If you over tighten your throttle cable, well, yeah, yeah. you are just as fucking guilty. So if you think, oh, my throttle cable's got, you know, an eighth of an inch of slop in it, and you tighten your throttle cable, if you adjust your throttle cable to the point where yeah, just- you have no dead space, you have no gap in there, and so that the throttle is always being held at 1% or 2%, you have just now fucked your throttle position sensor yeah. because your throttle position sensor thinks that zero is now plus 2%, right. and everything will be off. Right. Well, you know, so, like on the Sims, yeah. if you hold, if you... Start it and the throttle is open at all. Yep. And you move off. Yep. The gauges will be. Yep. They'll be off. off. They'll like yep. like it'll be reading six thousand RPM yep. at one thousand RPM. The Sims are the, yeah. Really? The, the Sims are particularly good at showing you. So I watched a guy get on his bike the other day. He was who was complaining about he would get to the end of an on ramp or an off ramp, and every time he'd pull the bike up to an off ramp, the bike would stall. Mm-hmm. So I was like, okay, you know, beating his beating my head against the wall, helping this guy. And I go out, and I'm like, go ahead and start your bike up for me. And I watch him start his bike, and he literally cranked the throttle like he was kickstarting a two-stroke. <laughs> this guy gave this bike wide-open throttle as he was pressing the starter button. His hand moved one movement. He went down and hit the th- thumb button. So that bike said, when you hit that thumb button, that bike said 97% is a closed throttle. Yeah. So when it did the reading, it said that 97% was throttle closed. All right. So no fucking wonder his bike is going to stall out and act weird because when he lets go of the throttle, he's at negative 97%. So his throttle position sensor is going to be giving really, really bad data. So that's why it doesn't hurt. Now, that's all free. Okay, So that is all free. That's just good maintenance. If you do that once a year, I wouldn't hate you. And it it, it helps. It helps a little bit And then the second thing would be, of course, just good maintenance, absolutely free. Take that inch and a half of slack out of your throttle cable. Yeah. Because when bikes come from the factory, they have got a lot of slack in the throttle cable. Oh, I mean, look, man. Yeah. No, I know. Yeah. I walk up to half the bikes that come out of these crates, and I'm like, Jesus fucking Christ. Like, yeah, it's nuts. come on. And so when I'm talking to customers or when they're talking to me, I'm just standing there with an eight millimeter wrench, and I'm just adjusting throttle cables, you know, because it doesn't kill me to do it when I'm standing yeah. around in here. Well, and the way, the way you... You ride if you're a new rider. I'm not saying he is, yeah. but if you're a new rider and you learn to ride in a couple of years, yeah. just do the reset and now ride 
how you write now that's, after a couple of years, and that's going to be tuned right. to your new write style. Well, sort of. I mean, well, it, I mean, it does, it's yeah. not going to be like a big Look, difference, but it, it will change. I will tell you this: for that that actually, I've had three bikes now that yeah. particularly you couldn't do anything. It's some for some reason yeah. the engineers decided that they wanted those bikes to have a fairly snatchy throttle, and it sucks. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. especially yeah. for oh, yeah. a fucking adventure bike when you're trying to ride off road and the right. fucking thing is snatchy. It's yeah, terrible. it's just spitting dirt everywhere you go. So obviously yeah. you can go to some guy from the forum that says, "Hey, I flash ECUs," and right. definitely you know you don't know what this guy does or what his plans are. Or you can find a company like I personally use two two wheel dyno tuners where they've dynoed and they they look at the charts and they map everything out. And they give you all these options. So if you have a pipe, if you have an exhaust, if you have a header, you tell them all the things you have, if you modified your airbox, whatever. And then they give you a tune specifically for what you have on your bike. And you can even tell them how you ride, what Allegedly. you want to do. And yeah, and then and then they, they tune it. But it's really cool because on, on my uh, 900, it went from, like he's saying, being a little snatchy around the low end, no matter what, to now it's a much linear, more linear mm -hmm. throttle application. It's really nice for turns now. When you're really hammering through a turn, you don't want that thing to all of a sudden kick out on you. It's a nice linear turn. It is. Yeah. It also took away the speed limit, so now I can go 150-some miles an yep. hour on the bike. Yep. It kicks the fan on 20 degrees lower, yep. and then the different modes, it turned the one traction control off, which I didn't know they were doing that, so the first time I rode it, it scared the shit out of me. Wow. Because I, one used to be traction control, like it let your wheel come up about four inches. Yeah, I was going to say, yeah. And now it doesn't. Right. <laughs> it just, it just now it's up. game on. Yeah, now it's game yeah. on. Now it's loop that Two pitch. is that, and then three is like rain mode or whatever, which right. is kind of nice right. for whatever. Yeah. But So one is unlimited. Yeah. Two is... Is, GT. Yeah. And then, and then three is rain. Right. Which that's is cool. like, you know, like yeah. that's not wheelie and stuff. Right. But you can also define all that. You can right. tell them, I want I want more traction control. So I'm, it's not quite as far as like having a Power Commander USB where you're going to hook it up to your laptop and you're going to well, change all and the And you can, yeah, and you can right. fuck yourself all up. You can absolutely yeah, fuck yourself up. And blow all your up. bike up and do whatever. These yeah. guys, everything they do is dyno tuned. They, yeah. they, they, Every time a new bike comes out, it's going to be something that they can do. They get a, a loaner bike. They'll do somebody for free. They'll, they'll try all these different things, different pipes, different whatever on it, make all the different fuel maps, all the different things, and then they sell those. And it's about 240 bucks. And I mean, I 100% think it's worth it. And it takes literally like if you can over, if you send them, you know, overnight, they'll send it back within two days. So you'll right. get it in two or three days. Yeah. Done. There you go. Yeah. Cool. Uh, you, you talk about taking your bike in for free. My buddy, Kevin. Just turned his Triumph 660 mm -hmm. into Twisted Throttle to be used as a development bike. And yeah. he's going to get it back with all the, the fun stuff on it. And one of the things that he said, Dan, with that, that that bike is already set up for is a blip shifter. Yeah. So it's a, a blip shift where you don't have, you can just. You hit basically the, don't need the clutch. Yeah, it, yeah. It, but it has you, a pigtail. You can still be under acceleration. Right. Yep. Yeah, it, yeah, it's you can just hold the throttle yep. on and go, brrr, brrr, yep. Brrr, yep. and the bike is already wired for the Yeah, I believe kill. that it's detecting your foot motion or something. I don't know. You know, yeah. you have to switch out your, your shifter. You oh, take you a shifter, yeah, and the shifter a, has, a, has, I believe, a momentary switch or something huh. that, Ain't that something. feels yeah. when you touch it or... Or it's built into the shifter somehow, so when it's like a drag, you know, like yeah, it, an it air shifter on a drag bike, like, yeah. like you just replace the shaft that goes from the shifter to the <laughs> something to like the that. Whatever it is, because I think what y'all can tell you that riding Dan's Triumph six hundred and sixty is Triumph six hundred and sixty today. Yeah. Um, one, it's so you've got some sort of traction control on there right now, because mm -hmm. it wouldn't let me do anything <laughs> yeah, I, you tried, have to. I tried desperately to crash it and it wouldn't let me uh <laughs> it gave me like a respectable little wheelie you know yeah, yeah, yeah. it gave me a respectable little wheelie i dropped it, it. 
Yeah, and you can only turn the traction control off when you're stopped. That's one of those, I was going to say. So this is one of those ones where you can't change kill yourself <laughs> you know he's like i'm going to do something stupid hold on wait let me let me turn it off think about it let me think about <laughs> it right but i did take it out and ride it and it's like it is insanely light oh, yeah. like yeah. what whatever it weighs is regardless whatever the numbers of gravities that it displaces means nothing it feels like a 300 cc bike it feels invisible underneath you i was doing lock to lock turns in the parking lot figure eights lock to lock and not even thinking about it but also the management the the spark management in it meant that clutch was out completely whereas a lot of bikes when the clutch is out completely and you're going two miles an hour the bike gets confused Mm -hmm. and either wants to stall out or wants to retard the timing so much that you get a pulsing sensation, right? And that causes you to lose your line when you're doing full lock, super low speed stuff. And it didn't, it was perfect. And I could roll the throttle on with my hand off the clutch entirely, mm-hmm. even standing up, which is unusual. Most bikes, when you're standing up, you kind of lose that that fine tuning of it. I was really impressed by that. I what? think that bike is, that's fly by wire, right? There's it is. No, I think yeah. So. Yeah, and you can kind of like, yeah. I noticed like when you, Goose it, it doesn't go, whoa, whoa, whoa. It's like, no. whoa, whoa. Let me tell you this. Like, it, when, we, when we took it's the- It's adjusting for your your erratical yeah. <laughs> input. But when we when we took inappropriate bikes to the Blue Ridge Mountains, and then right. Dan brought that, yeah. and then at one point he was like, go ahead and try it, you know? Mm. I was like, fuck, we brought the mm. wrong bikes. <laughs> it was so fun, man. And I only went up and down the street. Why, you know, obviously I wasn't beating on your bike, right. but I could see like two days on that bike there. You That's would have, awesome oh bike. man, yeah. it'd be smoking. I, I was can't... pretty happy on my KLR 650. There's nothing inappropriate about that. <laughs> well, and, and what's funny is I did look up, you know, I looked up some of the numbers for it. Yeah. And, you know, they advertise it at 454 pounds. It doesn't feel like it. It doesn't feel like no. it. And, uh, you know, that's 54 pounds heavier than a Moto Guzzi V7. Mm-hmm. That would be heavier than your Versys, right? Uh, but it doesn't Damn. feel like it. No. It just doesn't feel like it. It felt smaller than my Versys. It did feel smaller yeah. than the Versys. Yeah. Uh, the handlebar position and the whole front cluster area is lower than the Versys. So, like, that whole thing is a little bit lower, yeah. closer to the tank. It's sporty. It's definitely sportier. Yeah. It is. And yeah. But I was very impressed for a bike that MSRPs at under 10000 bucks that it feels snappy it's a really fun, but it feels when somebody hands you the keys to something like a Versys 300 or whatever, right? Mm-hmm. Or uh, uh, let's use another one, a Yamaha R3, sure. okay, which is not a terrible bike. And you hand you the keys to it and you go out and ride the bike and you're like, oh, you know, this would be fun if it had like 126 more CCs, <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah. This is it, at the point now, I'm just constantly over revving it. Mm. But the funny thing is that. Sport six, the Triumph, the Tiger feels its dimensions underneath you feel like That's it's perfect. a three hundred. Yeah, but its power feels like a nine hundred. But how so, does how does Triumph make that bike? Yeah, but then also make the Craigslist bobber that looks like some fucking dude <laughs> took a hacksaw to it out front of it. Well, look, man, they got look. They have a they haven't like they said. There's an ass for every seat. Yeah, right. And uh, I agree with that. And I think Triumph has done a very good job of hitting the yeah. ass for every seat. Yeah. Uh, I think they've done a hell of a job with that. But I am very impressed by that bike mm. because... Even the sitting position was yeah. really nice. Really comfortable, really comfortable. Yeah. It's yeah. not like crotch yeah, you did good, Dan. That was yeah, a good yeah, well, that, purchase. I mean, you know, I'm even comfortable on it. I think maybe exactly. drop the pegs an inch for me, but that would be... Yeah, you're a tall. How tall are you? Six, two? Six feet. Six feet, okay. Yeah. Yep. 
Yeah. So that's a really, I think that's a really, really interesting bike. And as, as much as we joke all the time, we're like, okay, Triumph, any flavor of Bonneville that you want. Mm-hmm. Right. Well, they, yeah. But that bike has a completely different personality. So, you know, here's to them for making a bike that wasn't just another Bonneville. Well, they did other things like my my Thunderbird, which is a Bonneville with no rear shocks. (laughs) Yeah, that's true. Yeah, I I didn't even think about that, but that's true. So it is uh, the Versys 650 is a little heavier than his bike. I just I checked it out. So the Versys is it's weird because they some people do it wet. Some people do it dry. What's it wet? What's that? What's a versus wet? Well, I'm reading down here. It says 476. With soggy panties. Yeah, with soggy (laughs) panties. But a lot of the bikes that you sit in, like the Africa Twin doesn't feel as heavy as it is at all, unless you're moving it without it running. Then it's really yeah, heavy. It, mm-hmm. heavy. it does feel heavy when you're trying to move it, but when you're riding it, it feels light. So. Yeah, I right. think if it's you're under true. 500 pounds, you're doing good. I don't know. I still think that like the uh, three, like that 450 would be nice if it wasn't that Honda yep. Sierra 450L. Well, what was your goal? Be a nice bike, but you wanted uh, under 400 pounds and 100 horsepower. That's always been my thing. So, like for my perfect motorcycles that I've ever ridden, that were like. Light you at, light your ass on fire. Yeah, the magic was under four hundred pounds, and right around a hundred horsepower. But usually, though, that hundred horsepower number can be really weird because it's hard to find a hundred horsepower bike that's under four hundred pounds. It's also yeah, MotoGP. They're like a two hundred horsepower well, and hundred. Yeah, yeah, but, but eighty pounds. I meant like something. in on a budget. Yeah, right, right, right. But the other thing too is we discovered that there was like that magic number about 62, 64 foot pounds of torque too. So you could take the hundred horsepower number away. Mm -hmm. If you could replace that hundred horsepower with about 60 foot pounds of torque. Zero. Well, I mean, that's just, that's fucking like you do a zero and that kind of throws those numbers all out the window. But when you look at that tiger Six Sixty, you know, you got a bike that's give or take 450 pounds. Right. And you got 47 foot pounds of torque and about 80 horsepowers. And now there's no, I mean, no complaint. It's fucking perfect. It's a spirited bike. It is. But when I'm talking about like the idea of like a motorcycle for me to ride that I would be like, oh, I can ride this every day, but also go do track days on it. Yeah. Like that would be kind of the magic number is that like right around a hundred horsepower, right around 60 foot pounds of torque. Um, It's funny because you, that number ends up being what? It ends up being a lot of inline four cylinders Mm -hmm. that are... (sighs) <sighs> then your weight goes up. I know MTO sevens. Yeah. Like I was gonna say, I think my Z nine hundred is yep. hundred and it is. some horsepower. It is. And I think it's like four hundred pounds. Maybe it's very close. Yeah, yeah. So it's a very funny thing, but you end up with four cylinder motors that tend to be around an extremely healthy six hundred that you need to crank out to twelve thousand RPMs to get those numbers. In which case, the torque goes away, or Triumph three cylinders. So Triumph three cylinder 900s all deliver those numbers too. And it's really, really funny when you kind of put those, if you kind of put those into the shopping chart of all the motorcycles on the planet and you're like, okay, 400 pounds, hundred horsepower, 62, you know, pounds feet of torque and put those all together. It's, you're not going to find many V twins that do that. Uh, it's pretty much going to have to have the word Ducati on the side. If you <laughs> want it turbo. to do that. You can get it with a turbo. And you know what? I fucking hate turbos on motorcycles. I'm just like, saying, but you yeah. can get those numbers with yeah, a turbo. Absolutely. The lightness and the, uh, and, I mean. Yeah. You, yeah. With a turbo, you can do that. But I yeah. on, on motorcycles, I can't stand turbos. Yeah. The Z900, we have 100 horsepower, 8,567.5 foot-pounds of torque. Right. And the numbers are right there. And what's and it that, weigh? Uh, 
386 pounds. Jesus Christ. Yeah, it's a fucking fun bike. It is. I love riding it. I mean, it's a great bike. Yeah. So, but that's what you see. That's where we end up with is a really, really healthy inline four or a triple, which, you know, which is kind of like cheating, but that's cool. But yeah, if you like a big V twin, it's hard to do. So I sent you a question. Yeah, you did. Yeah, you did. Tell so so tell tell me about that shit show. Okay, well no, bring it up. It's your question. So the question is, could you put a three fifty CB three fifty, you know, crate motor into the Janus? How how nuts would that be? You mean the single cylinder CB three, the new CB three fifty single cylinder? No, I think he was thinking an old motor. I would think that a new one would work. Well, let's talk about that. I don't know. I, let's I, talk about I, it. I mean, you could do anything if you really put your mind to it. Okay, but and, but again, not willing to spend milliard money or milliard yeah, time I I mean, into doing it, making it. Do we think? I have a new affection for CB350s. There you go. <laughs> yep, and you can talk about that too because nobody in the podcast has heard anything about that. Yeah. So Sleepy found himself a CB350. Yeah. Um, I, I was supposed was to, orange. I was actually kind of funny. I was actually supposed to go to the doctor <laughs> and not show up here to go to the doctor to get my toe fixed. But I was doing, I was doing one of my searches that I always do. And this thing came up. So I, I, I canceled the doctor and I drove to the middle. I of- love the way your priority system works. <laughs> Fuck the toe. My toe is literally black. Yeah. yeah. And so I canceled the doctor and I drove six hours into Indiana to go buy a, Basically, almost pristine 73 CB 350 for right. ridiculous, yeah. like almost to our rule of a dollar a cc. Now it's two dollars a cc. Absolutely. Inflation. Yeah, that's inflation. It's a yeah, Russian's fault, right? We, we can do that math, too. Yeah, right. I know. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So now <laughs> we have a, a motor donor for no, Chris's no, genus. <laughs> no, no, we do not. I, no, love I, say he goes, I say he goes with a CB354, turns it sideways, oh, makes no. it look like a Henderson. Makes it look like a Henderson or a Cleveland. Oh, yeah. that would be good. Oh, that would be sweet. Oh, and shaft yeah. drive, too. Fuck it. Dude, if you're going to be a bear, be a grizzly. <laughs> Yeah. Seriously, that's doable. like why do why do anything else? Put a CB four, put a CB three fifty four cylinder in it because those are really easy to find the carbs for. Turn it ninety degrees. It's one of the. I will tell you, Chris. It is one of the hardest motorcycles I've ever tried to keep on the road. Luke's for been looking customer. for carbs for like Luke four has years. bought six motors <laughs> to try to find four carburetors. Like it's it's what he needs is Nick. To develop, you know, the two into four carb plate for him. He needs a one into four with a lawnmower carburetor, (laughs) right? A one into four with a lawnmower. Did you watch that lawnmower carburetor on a 302? Yeah. Very effective. Again, I will go back to my original statement. Carburetors are slightly, slightly less complicated than training a monkey to spray gasoline into the top of your motor. (laughs) Right? Slightly. Because it will do the exact same thing. If you put a string out of your car and put it around the monkey's neck, and every time you pull the string, the monkey squirts gas in the carburetor or in the the intake. Mad Max style, just spit in it. Okay. There you go. Monkey with a squirt bottle. Okay. That is way more reliable than a carburetor. All you need is bananas. That's it. You can run it on a ratio of 2% bananas to gas. Cheaper than two stroke. And just like, just be like, okay, light turn green. Hit it, Jim. You know, hit it, Jim, Jim. Hey, chippy, 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 chippy. Yeah, exactly. So that would be, that would be easier in my mind than that. So that lawnmower carburetor on a 302 Ford engine uh, part of me just goes, no shit, Sherlock. Like, of course, that 
motor has the same CFM as a lawnmower, as a big lawnmower. I mean, it's not... When you picture this little tiny Walboro that's the size of a fucking quarter, that's not what's on this fucking... On this car. Not much bigger, though. It is is a lawnmower that that will handle 350 cubic feet per minute. Like, so it's a, a... or, yeah, it's a 350 cube CFM. It's like a Kawasaki yeah. twin. That's exactly carburetor. what it is. No, it was not. It was like a carburetor off of your rototiller that would go on a Tecumseh, that would go on a Briggs and Stratton. That, that had because it had the little two. Uh, it was only that big. Yeah, and, and you got to remember 350 CFM. That's only floor. That's maximum. That's maximum. But flow. that's not what it's flowing at at idle. And or so, at, what at I would like to remind everybody yeah. before we all choke on our invisible dick. All right. I'll choke on my real dick. <laughs> okay. In the video, that motor was not under load. No. That was just a motor that was running. The only load on it was its own crankshaft. But he drove it. I understand. But what? did he pull Did he pull a trailer? He went 45 mile an hour. Exactly. And on a 302, going, a 302 Ford motor going 45 miles an hour would require all of about three and a half horsepower. Perfect. Right. So the point is, How he was basically efficient? running a 302 motor leaner than god yeah but if you to put a trailer behind that vehicle or asked him to go 70 miles an hour but he, he would have run out. into way less what's that i think he did a burnout again he did a burnout i did a burnout on a buddy out here with seven and a half horsepower i did a burnout, a burnout the other day does not, a burnout does not necessarily mean you've got extra horsepower no, i wouldn't you know right. what if you to go bump up on a little bit right. bigger carburetor yeah. put like a an ft 500 and you know a 42 millimeter motorcycle car right. Would probably run really good. Hey, I smoked a tire off my Sim Simba in front of John the other day. <laughs> he did. <laughs> he did. The point is that will a 302 motor run yeah. with just a light wisp of carburetor cleaner? It'll run the, without a carburetor. In you the just gen- pour gasoline into the Don't engine to, and it'll run. But that's the thing is we we're trying to say. Well, we're not just talking firing up. It idled. I, it had throttle response. And again, was, if you poked a hole I'm fine in with, a gas can right. and set it on top right. of the hole, yeah. the, right. the manifold. Right. And started it up, and it ran. And then you poked a slightly bigger hole and gave it some gas. It would run. You guys aren't fucking princesses. We have all been to the same places. <laughs> We've all been to the same place. That 1100 Yamaha that we had at Mid-Ohio. Oh, shit. We ran that bike by having Starch Bastard sprayed at it in the general vicinity of where air went into the motor. Right? And it, at no point was gasoline getting through the gasoline lines. There was no gasoline getting through the carburetors. But in generally being Probably in the same one of them, yeah. But in the being in the same room with something <laughs> like ether, and it ran. Same room, right? Well, that's the thing is when you look at this thought experiment of this little tiny Walboro style carburetor running a three hundred two motor, and people go. This little tiny carburetor is running this entire motor. The fuel industry the has got you over suppressing. a barrel. Yeah. Big government. oil is lying to you. The yeah, General Motors oil. is lying yeah. to you. Yeah. Like we can run these cars for pennies a day uh-huh. if you just replace your Holly 450 double pumper with this Walboro carburetor. Yes, you can until you put four people in it right. and try to go 70 miles an hour. Was this like Garage 64 or whatever on YouTube, the Russian no, dudes? No, this yeah. is no. a different guy. This yeah. guy told me his firsthand account of he worked for GM. Right. And he bought and his buddy worked for Dodge. And this is a first hand account. I mean, I don't know how true this is. You know what I call first hand account? A lie only one person told. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So anyway, your lie directly from the source. His whole thing was that they drove down he bought a brand new Chevy and this guy bought his Dodge and they drove down to they drove down to Columbus. 
you know, to do something, to go out to lunch or something. And yep. they filled up the gas tank. So the Chevy took, his Chevy took like 20 gallons or whatever it takes. And the other guy put his in and it took like two gallons. And he thought that the, the neck was like uh, blocked or something. Blocked. He thought he had a blockage in his fill tube. So they opened the hoods. And he said that the guy with the Dodge had a block of, it looked like a block of steel where the carburetor would have been, but it was like a block, like a one by one foot block of steel that was like six inches tall and was sitting on top of the engine, like where the car would be. Like it was the carburetor for the car. So this, I I didn't, this is exactly the way the guy told it to me. So then he's like, I'm going to, this must be the, Famed 200 mile per gallon car, you know, right, carburetor, yeah. whatever. Yeah. So they it's drive a back to Cleveland. Motion carburetor. <laughs> drive back to Cleveland, and he yeah, and he fills up again, and it's another like one gallon or whatever it took. And so the guy's like, "I'm gonna, I'm gonna back engineer this thing and sell it." So he puts it in his garage, and he, it's like he's hiding it from. And then so Dodge called him and said he wanted the car back. They wanted the car back to give him another car. That he got a prototype of something and it was like a mistake. So the guy's hiding it at his mother's house. And he said, like, the Dodge police came in and just Dodge like police. took the car and dragged it out of his mouth like, and put it in like a covered van and took it away. And he's here, he's all bummed out. Here it was a carburetor that had two five gallon fault bowls on either side. <laughs> <laughs> so if you do read the story about the gentleman that, you know, that did this test, um, that that did this entire test with the lawnmower carburetor. The, the important well, now you're going to do research in the middle of the argument. Thunderhead 289. But no, I just wanted to bring it up though because I watched the video too, and the two critical elements were the timing of the motor because the timing of the motor was adjusted in such a manner that you really couldn't use the thing for practical daily driving. It's great. He, I mean, the experiment works. He, he was able to drive it and, and drive yeah, it down the road. Did and everything he retired it really? He must have retired it. Well, really not only that, but it's air management. So to, in order to get things to work that way, remember, you take the most simple motor in the world, a two-stroke motor, and you let enough air get into that motor, it's going to run better and better and better and better and better and better and better. Until it doesn't. Right. Until it doesn't. But at some point, it's going to run better than it's ever run on the least amount of fuel. But now you got to manage that. So what his system was, was he had this Arduino system set up that was bleeding off air thousands of times a second. You know, that was literally micromanaging his, the amount of air that was going into the system so he could maintain a safe, you know, AFR, air fuel it ratio. Seems like it's overcomplicating yeah. the carburetor then. Well, but the idea <laughs> is, can you do it? Yes, he absolutely did it. And it, it, it does work and it functions. Now the trick is, when you design cars, though, they have to be flexible enough that you can drive it with four people in the car. You can maybe pull a small trailer, or when the light goes green, you got to be able to take off and keep up with traffic and go eighty miles an hour. That's cool. We got Nick next week. We'll have the solution. Nick will reprogram what? it. And yeah. It'll be if we go, go back to yeah. the 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 trouble the the task at hand, which was how do you get a, put a carburetor on a CB three fifty four? Right. Exactly. You could build a four into one plenum. Absolutely. And put a carburetor that's yep. probably not bigger than one of the normal fours. I totally right. agree. Maybe twice. Not even, yeah. probably not twice as big. You're just yeah. slightly bigger because it's only going to be fe- feeding one cylinder at a time. Right. You know what I mean? Wouldn't you? You could turn it into a two. It would be like more balanced. Ah, uh, I mean, two into. It all depends one on where. It two. all depends where. So now, one single carb can, right. would be better. It would have better velocity and stuff, and lower and mid range. Right. 
Whereas, like, if you want maximum horsepower, you have four carburetors going into That's four right. cylinders. Yep. Right. Two inches away from the intake. Yep. Whereas, like with trial, like uh, trials bikes, they put a longer run out, Super runner on long. them, yeah, so yep. that the air has, you know, there's a actually there's a reserve of air, yep. so whenever you you give it the gas, you have that, yep. and it's mixing more before it goes in the right. cylinder. Now, Janice, whose name is on the side of the motorcycle, their solution for the problem was taking almost the same motor that a genuine G400C uses um, that we all here would identify as a Honda XR motor. So they're using the same basic blueprint, the same design of a chain driven overhead cam, single cylinder, four valve, 450 for the new Janus. So their solution was keep it with one cylinder, which keeps it cheap and simple. Um, now they're going with, I, I would hope they're going with the same fuel injection system that all the other Chinese manufacturers are using because it would seem like fuel injection would be a better choice than a carburetor at this point um, on their new 450. I would say walking down that same street is probably a good idea. Single cylinder is going to keep it affordable. Um, there's plenty of single cylinder crate motors. That you you only do. have to fabricate one exhaust. Damn straight. That's yeah. true. That's a, yeah. major, that's a major cost savings. A 350... Motor is going to be way more power than your pushrod 250 that's in it right now. Because the two-valve pushrod motor that you got in your bike right now is good for around town stuff and, and making that cool, like, duck, 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 you know, Janice experience. But even they're doing a single overhead cam, chain drive cam, with uh, four valves on their new motor. So if I would say that aside from getting one of those... If I were doing the project, what I would probably look for is I would probably look for an old XR400 or I would look for maybe a Yamaha XT350. Those are weird carbs, but the motor itself is really good. I'd look for something like that, a single cylinder. But don't they have two exhaust ports? They do, but that's going to make your exhaust a little more expensive. But you'd be able to... But you could make it look cool. You could have twin exhaust. Right. That's you could buy. But you could just buy the... One that fits the Honda. Oh, yeah. Like I mean, said, it'll fit you, that's what, you remember that, that G400C scrambler we built? Yeah. That was an off-the-shelf header pipe that we just tactfully welded into a scrambler pipe. So that's not a problem. But I would think rather than trying to grab a vintage CB350 motor, because those have all been taken by Skidmark Garage and MotoGo to teach kids how to work on motorcycles, which is a good place for all those CB350 motors to go. But I'd say rather than doing that, I might... Go with an XR motor or an XL motor or something that is very like very much like the motor that's in my GB500 or the motor that would be in a, a genuine G400C, which if you say those words, well, genuine G400C, a.k.a. Um, oh, shit, I can't remember the name of the Sunray. Yeah. Uh, if those are available crate motors, those can be purchased probably with an ECU and an EFI already there. That's a pretty big advantage. So if you have an ECU, the, the computer, and you've got an EFI system, and you can literally buy it as one kachunka chunka that's badass. You know, then the job of fabricating becomes a hell of a lot more realistic than it is trying to get a CB350 on there. And your electronics on the CB350 are bone simple. You can do a four-wire wiring diagram, but then you don't have your turn signals. Like you're losing a lot of the things that make the motorcycle 
safe for the city because you you know uh, a cb350 motor in a race chassis like just for a track bike it's pretty fucking simple it's a tough one i mean there's plenty of both of them so you know if you're going to go with a vintage motor what's a what's a cb350 motor put out 28 horsepower something like that Oh, that's what I was going to say. Twenty-eight. So your gains are pretty. Yeah, gains are pretty modest compared to the the two hundred and fifty that's in it already. Four hundred would probably be more fun. A single. Yeah, rev better though. What's that? I think it would rev better. Could Smith handle a high performance Janus? Well, oh how? No, because that Janus (laughs) runs. Hold on. That Janus runs out of. I mean, at higher RPMs, it's like really huffing. So yeah, but. But more importantly, what was the one thing that Janus did, even on their prototype 450? Rear suspension. Yeah. yeah. They, Janus does not make a rigid 450. True. And I, and I applaud them for that because the 250 works really well with the rigid back end. You, you air down the tire and the bike rides like it should. It's a flat tracker. It's, a, it's meant to emulate a 1920s motorcycle. And so the power is very similar, and it's it drives very much like the big tall wheels and everything. It drives like a vintage, an antique motorcycle. But if we're going to just repower his Janus, yeah. it's a rigid. So in the spirit of keeping it a rigid, well, let's think about what the gains are. Do you, do you want that Janus? What's Janus's top speed right now that you've got? I mean, you rode it to Indiana, Indiana, so. 65. 65. With my fat ass. So what would be... If I was going to go with a twin, I might do something like an Intruder 500. A bit, let's get... I mean, if we're going to go with a twin, let's go with a bigger twin, a five, more horsepower. Oh, okay. Or could you get a V-twin, like a Shadow 600 motor or something in there? Or what a, about doing... Well, then you'd have to worry about water cooling. You know. Wow, yeah. I was going to say, what about a S40... A Suzuki 600cc single cylinder intruder 650 LS Savage, yeah, Savage motor. Do that, that but then the fit. styling cues of an old engine yep. are way better than the new ones. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So you're looking at if you buy a vintage engine, yep. it's way it looks way better. It looks, it looks cosmetically way yeah. better. So then the other question. So the other question is pick piss what the dick God gave you, but make it a better dick. So. Take the motor that's already in it and see that motor is a motor that's been around for a very long time. So it would not shock me to find out that there's a top end kit so for throw it. Throw a kit on the bitch. Throw a kit on <laughs> the bitch. Right? Because there's nothing in the world yeah. that can't be helped. Pumper it's got a carburetor. Carb. Put a pumper carb or something yeah. on it. Put a Mikuni on it. Put a flat slide on it. Whatever. Um, put a, if there's a top end kit available for it, I don't know. That's, yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, stroke it seems it, like. Bro. <laughs> <laughs> Don't stroke me, bro. Yeah, I mean, it seems like in the world of Chinese powered 250s. There has to be something out there, right? Yeah, I mean, there's got to be something. I mean, At least look, make it a 300 or something. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. Because I bet you that you could, if Big you're board. currently getting 65 and you just modify the existing engine so that you're getting 75, yeah. but it's a lot more it fun getting yeah. there. Yeah, <coughs> that'd be a lot easier for trying to re-engine it and and try it out for a rigid to see if you're okay with that. That's and, that, an, and, yeah, and it's that's way cheaper too. than buying a, a whole new. That is a very good and point. Mounting and yeah. all that other stuff because then you still have the aesthetic because the Janus's aesthetic right. is perfect. Like that thing looks like a million yeah. bucks. 
Paint color, leather bags, everything about it looks exactly. The only thing I would do is put front fork covers on. I mean, front the springs. Oh, okay, all right. Spring covers would make it look more vintage, I think, or like. Oh, like sheaths over them, like you know how the three fifties have those metal tubes over the. The the Janus doesn't have it; it just has the springs there, and it, it would look. I think it would look more. Period. Correct. If I would had... convert it to leaf spring, personally. Hmm. Okay. All right. <laughs> Just That's what ride. Sparky said he's doing that to a CB 350. He's leaf springing it. Really? The back. Wow. Damn. Man. Man. But he still doesn't have carbs for it. <laughs> True. Because <laughs> he sold me the bike with the carbs. Oh, I had a so, set of carbs laying around. There is, I, I just pulled this up because I know the motor that's in your bike. And so this motor, this top end will fit. So this is a performance cylinder kit. Um, to make it a 300? Uh, 254. 275. So, <laughs> this is a motor. Well, so this motor in this particular, in this particular iteration of the motor came, uh, came to life technically being 229 cc's. And, uh, a, there's a kit that offers uh, bumps it up to 250 cc's mm-hmm. with an improved cylinder head, and so 355 355 dollars US 350 US right um, for a different head right now. Unfortunately, <laughs> so you can't be reached. Well, out of, out of stock. We're not. I don't want to. I don't want to say the person's name. <laughs> I'm not going to say the name of the people involved because I know that if I say it three times. Something will happen. The point being, yeah, the point being that there is that your particular motor, and I know the I know the the origins of your motor, and I know that other companies in America have used that motor in various different products. So I know that there are cylinder kits and other modifications made to it that people have done to eke out eighty miles an hour, right, out of that motor. And I've I've ridden the bikes that have had that tuning done to them. So uh, that's that's a thing, you know. I happen to know that Weisco, who's a Cleveland company, does make a piston, but you're going to have to go to Seal Delzani to get him to bore it, to get him to hone your your bottom end, your hone your top mm-hmm. end rather, mm-hmm. to match it. And then we're, you're also going to need that a different head because you cannot use the existing head, and you don't want to use the existing head if you're going to go to the performance piston. Bigger valves, bigger breathing. Exactly. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. They, you won't get the gains. Uh, you doing that? Gains. So, gains. But so there is there is things in the world that exist. I've just found them. Wow, that really came through. That yeah. was powerful. That was good. Uh, gains. That's. Yeah. <laughs> like to be swole. opened up a can of gains. <laughs> but that's the thing, and I think I would probably do that. Like I would do. I would do a deep dive on. Chinese 250cc motorcycle, because remember, there's the California Scooter Company, CSC. There's a whole lot of companies that have imported 250cc single-cylinder powered motorcycles in the United States. And everybody who's done that, there's a forum of users that all go, I bought this, I want it to be faster. Whether it's a fucking buddy scooter or whatever. I mean, like, I'm going to go out on a limb and yeah. say you could buy a whole hopped up goofball motor for a thousand bucks me too and just swap I'm, it i'm kind of thinking that same thing i'm thinking that same thing and not even be off the reservation when it comes to your wiring harness because it's all 
coming from the same factory. You know, you look at Piranha so, Motors, yeah. like, you know, just like buy, you could buy a 120 up to a 140. You just, you know, how yeah. much do you, how much bill do you want exactly. built into it and how much do you want to pay? Well, somebody came into my, doing, yeah. has to be doing that for the 250s. Somebody came into my shop the other day and specifically told me, oh, look, I want to buy a uh, Honda Super Cub. No, a Honda Trail 125. I want you to performance tune it, right? And I said, just fucking don't. <laughs> buy a piranha motor like since it's a lay down motor anyway since it is going to hang from the same bracketry and everything else i would be foolish to tell you oh we're gonna do a b c d e f g to spend twenty five hundred dollars to scare 10 more miles per hour out of your 52 mile per hour honda super cub right rather than do that shelve your existing motor put it in a cardboard box for posterity just swap it and go buy a fucking 150 cc or whatever or the daytona 212 whatever yeah Yeah. they all literally fit in the same spot so they're all engineered to go in that same exact spot where the monkey would find its motor where the dax 125 would find its motor where the trail 125 would find its motor all these things use the same configuration and Every possible permutation of the bolt holes won't be gone. But and also, like if right. you get a motor that's designed to be a certain size, because what happens when you start tuning things? What goes down? Right. Reliability, Reliability goes Absolutely. down, yeah. and performance yeah. goes up. So you got to make that balance. Yeah, I agree. So I think that rather than trying to re-engine your motor with a 1972 CV 350 motor, which is going to have its own problems, just you know what it's like having a 1972 350. See if you could buy a high output crate motor for it. Why not? Right. But the first place I would say would get on be to get on every Chinese 250cc clone form. Mm-hmm. And then just say, has anybody found, what are you people doing for power mods? Now, shit, there might be people in the Janus community that have already nailed this thing. True. Um, without going into names, we all know the name, but there was a company that we know sold a motorcycle that would get beat hands down all day long by a buddy 125 and it had 250 cc's. But the people who bought that bike based on a fantasy and a charlatan, right? Within a short period of time, they had two options. Sell the bike for a shit ton less than they paid for it because nobody wanted to buy it. Or let's fuck with it. Let's just turn it into a hobby. Let's put a cylinder kit on it. Let's figure it out. Let's fix and, all the broken welds. Well, look, but there was a <laughs> there was a guy in particular in Philadelphia that I remember that was doing nothing but you mail me your bike, I'll re-engine it or I'll en- re-engineer it and get it back to you and it will go 80 miles an hour, right? It'll go 85 miles an hour because all he was doing was replacing the top end, replacing the head, and that's basically not a long walk from the motor that's in your Janus right now. So I have to believe that's at a delightful level of Chinese lowest bidder interchangeability with your bike, with your engine and your bike. So that's kind of where I'd probably go because you don't want it to go 90 miles an hour. Right. That's what, so right. like with the Benelli 135, yeah. there was a guy on, on a Facebook group I was on, real, real smart guy. And he did, I mean, he wasn't a hacker either. He was like a really, he did, all his stuff was machined and well done. But he was putting 450s in right. the TNT 135. Yeah. Yeah. And what he quickly discovered is, yes, it was a Hoonigan bike. Yeah. But you couldn't really go over 85 because then it became fucking unmanageable. It of course. It was just fucking nuts. Yeah. Man. Yeah. I like just ripping your old motor completely out and putting it in a box. That way, 
you don't have to worry about right. trashing your original motor. That's you right. can always put it back in. Then you just go from there. You're not you don't want to cut your frame or anything. No. So that's another good reason why yep. you want to just try to go with an off the shelf clone of whatever motor you have. And I love that his bike is his bike. It, anything you want to do to it, it's it's your it's your project. And there's no like there isn't a museum waiting for it in you know in Georgia, right? Like it's your bike. You own it. And so you take that clone motor out and hole a piston or something happens to it. Oh well. Well, and you can throw your old motor back in, or you can buy another one. Well, you and know, Pete, for, you know, Pete rode like they rode their Trail nineties oh, yeah. with Piranha one hundred and forty motors in them yeah. all over the goddamn country. Mm-hmm. And right. at well, no they point, blew up, they just replaced the motor. Exactly right. You know, something horrible happens. It's going to cost you seven hundred and forty-eight dollars out of pocket, and our friend Jack will mail you another one. You yeah. know, overnight if you want. I know. So that's kind of fun. I'm, but I think I. I think you did a further. Does that answer your question, quick, Chris? I mean, yes. Yeah, I think. Okay. That's good. Yeah. How about a joke? Oh shit! Got nothing. Oh, man. Oh, oh, wow. I got Boo. no jokes. Uh, Brazier. I lost my left ear. Yeah, me too. Oh, that's weird. I had okay. lost All mine right. a while ago. So, I did. <laughs> so any, but that's that's a pretty good. I mean, that's a pretty good endeavor. The idea of pull my finger. Re-engine, re-engineing oh, no. that. Come on, you sleepy should be next yeah, to each other. Yeah, oh. fuck you guys. <laughs> All right, little Johnny. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Little Johnny's at school. Mm. Brings his report card home. Straight Fs. His parents have a long talk with them, so you better do better. <clears throat> Next semester, comes back. Straight Fs. So, okay, fuck this. We're taking you down. Putting you in the Catholic school. Next grading period, Johnny comes back. Straight A's. So, Jesus Christ, what the hell happened? Says, you know, I walked into that place. They had a guy nailed to a plus sign. I thought they're not fucking around here. (laughs) 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 And on that note, (laughs) that's fucking great. (laughs) (laughs) They're serious about their math. (laughs) They're very serious about their fucking math for sure. Uh, We've got, by the time you guys listen to this podcast, our Distinguished Gentleman ride's going to be over unless we get weird weather on Sunday. Yeah, Yeah, what are Uh, we doing in case of rain, by the way? We're going to do it the following weekend. Right, so right now oh, okay. we're, we're at ninety three percent chance of rain. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, yeah let's oh, is it during the day? I thought it was like that night. No, no. what? Hold on, no, he's talking about or the Saturday rain. Night. Oh, look, oh, okay, no, the rain's coming during the day. First yeah. thing, oh. I don't care how big your Dick Goddard is. You cannot tell me yeah, Sunday's clear. forecast today. It could snow. No. I mean, this they, is Cleveland <laughs> in May. Mm-hmm. Their prediction right. today on the whatever right. said that the rain was going to come Saturday night. Right. And then it would be blow through fast because it's a cold front or something. Right. So Saturday right now. So this has already changed. This has changed in the past hour. They're calling for 60% chance of thunderstorms and rain on Saturday and 70% on Sunday. Oh, really? Right. With with also some rain on Friday, too. So that's a system, right? And so either the system's going to be like hanging around or the system's going to haul ass. But we all know here that when the powers that be in Australia changed the DGR from the end of September till the middle end of May, for them, their likelihood of good weather got a lot better. Our likelihood of good weather got a lot worse. Mm. Because September is usually For us, it's pretty reliable. But, But here in our part of the world, where late, more recently... April showers don't bring May flowers. Mm. It's May showers 
perpetually. <laughs> and then all of a sudden a switch flips and it's 85 degrees and, you know, roast your, roast your ass off. So May showers brings tulips on my organ. (laughs) (laughs) What's better than April showers? On the bright side, I got all my potatoes and my corn in today. Right, exactly. Yeah, that was dry. Did you get that black plastic I dropped off? Yeah, but I got the Speedex running. So noise. Yeah, my potato plow. I didn't have to dig it. How's it gonna get called? So how it's gonna get called is I'm gonna call it, and because. The way we're doing the event is that we're going to be meeting at the Crawford Auto Museum at 10 issues. Uh, and then we'll be there like 10 ish until 1 ish. And so we're going to be at the Crawford 10 to 1. Now, what I'm planning on doing is I will probably be at the Crawford rain or shine because I can do the Crawford and everything I want to do at the Crawford rain or shine. Now, if it's raining fucking sideways at 830 in the morning, we're done. We're not doing it. Because the thing with the gentleman's ride is what do we do? We dress up. So nobody's wearing their tour master. Nobody's wearing their their arrow stitch to the fucking DGR. And most people are not wearing a helmet because they're wearing their flat dapper riding cap or whatever the fuck bowler hat or whatever they want to wear, which is fine. I have no problem with that. We're not a helmet state. But if it's going to be raining, especially if it's going to be raining all day, well, then that takes away one of the elements of the whole DGR, which is that seeing everybody dressed up all silly, like dressed so up. Then, so then you're going to call it? We'll call it and we'll move it to the next weekend. Can you involve right, a good. small animal to help the call? Like, you know, right. a groundhog. Groundhog, or yeah, right. right. Yeah, oh, exactly. Geez. Right. Good. That'd be good. Yeah. <laughs> you know what? I'll, I'll just... Uh, the I'll DGR beaver. You know what? <laughs> a ferret. There you go. Get a ferret over there. Here's what we'll do. I promise that this. You guys know. Yeah. Anybody who knows me for any period of time knows. That every Sunday morning, I check my beaver. Yeah. It's true. And if the beaver's wet... <laughs> <laughs> You're going to call it off. We're going no to call the pod. We're going to call the TGR. We're going to put it off for a week. Yeah. So if there's a wet beaver Sunday morning at my house... If it's a dusty beaver, all's good. Yeah. <laughs> if the beaver's dry, we're going to ride. But a good wet beaver, we're not riding. Yeah. Where's Unky Phil? Well, I think the beaver must have been wet this morning. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right. yeah that, so that's the way. I think that's the way we'll call it. Okay. So we'll put it out. But I think that all of us here are, you know, adult enough and kind of. We don't have to. We don't have to put like a week's worth of effort into the DGR. No. Right. I mean, that's it. Uh, hey, John, can you reach down next to you and pick up one of those folded pieces of green paper? Oh no no, there, there should be some <laughs> uh, Wow, Steve, he takes direction well. You must yeah. really enjoy him yeah. at work. Yeah. <laughs> well, anyway. You know, he's all well, right. Some, I guess, there were some so. ones that I had pre cooked. I don't know where they got out to. Well, but I had made a couple of samples. But yeah, so ah, this, samples. Is our, uh, this is our, like, uh, check it out. This is our, our this is this two of these, but everybody's going to get a little passport. Yeah, that's and not so a passport. Inside that's the a, passport, it's a cub. It's a passport. Oh. A passport and a cub are the same thing. Oh, all right. Yeah. <laughs> Way to go, American. Idiot. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm an American. The world revolves around me. That's not a passport. Yeah. It's not a cub. What is it about? That's not a cub. That's not a It's got an electric star. No, like There's nothing it super about that. turn lights on it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We're going to have a game where you have to tippy toe. <laughs> yeah. yeah. There you go, Twinkle Toes. Did you hear about, you hear about Steve's foot? No, I didn't. It got towed away. <laughs> <laughs> Well, it's not no, my buddy. Asked, he, he did, His I, wife's gonna wait to kiss him under the missing toe. 
If he doesn't pay for his doctor bill, he's going to get retoed. He's going to get retoed. <laughs> That's what my buddy said when I got home and I, I said something about it. He's like, oh, did you get a tow truck for that? Uh, yeah, yeah, that's right. <laughs> yep. Yeah, that's going to, we're going to get some miles out Woof. of that one, I think. A little bit, maybe just a little bit. So that's about it. Uh, oh, wait, I did have one more pod. I did have one more message from a Patreon listener. I did want to, I did not, I did want to honor by reading his message to the group. Uh, hey, did you know the Misfits are going to have their 500th podcast in like uh, December? Pretty cool. Congratulations. Uh, hey, they're also, they have a challenge on their Misfits thing. They're they're taking $1,000. You know, they gave people $1,000 that they could sit on a motorcycle for like a day and a half. Yeah. Um, <laughs> that's that's saying nothing, but maybe maybe people are, you know, maybe Misfits got some extra Patreon money they're trying to get rid of. Yeah, right. uh, but anyway, they're trying to give away $1,000 of their Patreon money to a worthy cause. And the number one cause right now that people are, you know, calling in, go to your website, Motorcycles Cleveland and Misfits. Moto Podcast. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And they're trying to buy more talent for Cleveland yeah, yeah. Moto Podcast. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, it's but gonna no, take, it's the, the take one more than a thousand bucks. I'll tell you that. <laughs> but I think this is hilarious because the one that is winning of the causes of the noble oh, okay. causes that they want to donate money to, the one that's currently got the most votes. Is Moto Go? Oh, good. Oh, okay. So Moto wow. Go, oh, yeah. Cleveland, Ohio, Moto Go. Um, that is literally a program. I, you guys, look up Moto Go. M O T O G O. Right. Uh, I'm very proud to have started a tradition in America of things like Cleveland Moto, mm-hmm. and there's Richmond Moto, uh, and there's all these Moto Motos, and so Moto Go, and Moto Go is they have a trailer and they have docents, they have people that are trainers. And Emmy, who used to work mm-hmm. for us, she's yeah. a trainer. Yeah. And they go to the schools where the kids haven't had a shop class since Christ was a private. And they bring out CB350s and let these kids unfuck them. Well, and they also, so when Skidmark moved to the new place, yeah. they on the third floor of that building, they yeah. have an actually established classroom now where they have like all the mm-hmm. tools and all the stuff and like, it, is, it was me and Dan went up there when we went and and yeah. and went to the Skidmark uh, grand opening, and it's like straight up like they put a lot of effort into it. It's really cool. Like I've, the first time I ever looked, and they have the whole wiring harness of a CB three fifty laid out on a thing that yep. shows you how it all goes, and it lets you understand. You stole it. I, I might need. It lets it. you understand where the electricity goes. <laughs> right, right, right. And if you can think, you know, it helps you if you help to think of electricity like water. Right, you can literally. Kind of, kind of go for that. Yeah, but it was really. I mean, they laid it out. It's really nice now. It's really, really cool. It Not is that really it nice. wasn't before, but it's like it's. They definitely upgraded. All right. So, who here in their life has ever looked at the side of a early seventies Honda three fifty motor? Mm-hmm. All right. Everybody noticed that about halfway up on the motor, there's this dark stripe. You know, right around that area where the, that area we call the head gasket. Okay. Yeah. yeah and right. there's always a pot. The whole motor's nice and dry because the motors are pretty oil tight. Except for there's this one stripe along the side of the motor. And uh, it's always a little wet there. And it may be wetter than, you know, a little bit wet or a lot wet, mm-hmm. right? I've mm-hmm. seen that on 750s too. Oh, I think I've seen it on every single Honda motor ever. Even on some Honda lawnmower engines, right? Uh, and It's pretty normal. Ah, thank you. Yeah, right? So our, our one of our podcast listeners 
uh, sent in a picture of his Honda SL350, which we all like SL350s around here. We sure. all think they're pretty cool. But he sends a picture of his SL350 cylinder mm. head, right? Yeah. And, of course, it has the, the, the damp spot, mm. you know? It has the damp line on the side. And here's what he, he says. And, you know, here we go. So there's a Royal Enfield giving you the exact same symptom. Uh, that's just because it was a Royal Enfield. That's not <laughs> anything. That has nothing to do with Honda. They didn't but, sand it flat. Right. <laughs> that one didn't leave the factory in one piece. But so this thing, you know, this symptom that we see on a whole lot <coughs> of Honda engines, right? So he says, hey, this is John. My 71 SL350 appears to be leaking oil very slowly <coughs> from where the head meets the cylinder sleeve. Should I be concerned? He says, by the way, the podcast is on a hot streak. Several great episodes in a row, even better than usual. So and he, he puts up a cool picture of his SL350. Pretty badass. shit myself. Okay. Yeah. So here's the thing. John, have you ever, in your history of taking apart Honda motors, have you ever taken apart a Honda motor just to fix that leak? No, I never would. I mean, I've seen it on lots of them. I mean, it just happens over time. It is a gasket, and Mm -hmm. eventually it's under quite a lot of pressure. It's going to force some oil through there. The worst I've ever seen was on a CB750, and if you power wash the motor off and you got up really close while you were sitting, while it was running, you could actually see little air bubbles popping through it. That was the worst one I've seen. And what I did with that one was I started it up, I let it, I was, while it was bubbling, <laughs> I shut it off and then I cleaned it off really good with carb cleaner Yeah, and mm-hmm. I took some engine paint and I went and painted that oh, whole yeah. little, wow. that whole little edge around yeah. there and let the paint as it cooled down, suck into the gasket. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And it actually fixed the problem. It oh, did. Sure. Yeah. yeah. So I have done, I have for I've customers. Ch- I've changed, you know, yeah. there have been other bikes, not Hondas where you've had to, ch- you know. Do a, a head gasket, right? Uh, I mean, Yamaha Maxims and stuff like that were kind of notorious yep. for that, and they stuff, were like in the front of the motor, but yeah. But I'm so as far as I'm concerned, every Honda motor from you know the mid '60s until the early '80s, this was a known thing. This was just a thing, and it has very little to do with how many miles they have. It has everything to do with how old they are. And the older the motor and the less miles on it, the more likely they are to be weeping. At that head gasket seal? Because those aren't like cometic gaskets yeah. with rubber or anything. Yeah. They're kind of like a paper. They're oiled paper. Oil paper. Yeah. They're oil paper gaskets. Kind of shit. And I had a customer a few years ago that had a particularly perfect CB350. I mean, fucking perfect. As clean as the one you got. And it was beautiful except for it would weep. And it would weep enough that it would be there'd be black coming down the cylinder, down the barrel. And so it was not just darkening the area. There was an accumulation there. And so it bothered the fuck out of them. And I told them, I was like, look, it runs great. It's a, it's a, the bike runs solid. There's no questions. It's giving you all of a CB350 can give you. It's only got about 5,000 miles on it. Just run it. And he couldn't leave well enough alone. So he uh, decided that he was going to fix it himself. And he did. And uh, I had never seen a motor leak so much after he'd fixed it. <laughs> so he could have left well enough alone, in which case there was never a drop of oil that made it to the lower cases. 
by the time the oil would get low enough on the cylinders that you know it would just evaporate out so it never made it like this one here in the picture that i'm showing you right now it kind of looked like that you know it was just they were moist where that gap is so yeah that's really fucking common uh go after it at your own peril <laughs> remember uh leviticus 217 <laughs> that which honda hath joined let no mere mortal unjoin yep. right because what happens Ether, at the, I walk through the valley of death. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I mean fucking with the motor. Yeah. Just understand, the problem, too, is like you can't fix that without pulling the motor out. Yeah, absolutely. So, and yep. if you do so, you know, pull yep. the motor out and take it apart. Yep. I mean, at that point, you might as well just do sort of a top-end refresh. That's, you got it. And you just do take, a whole new gaskets from the bottom end up. Yep. I mean, it's not impossible or even yep. really that difficult. You just have to be careful. It doesn't just exist in Hondas. There's a Suzuki, dual overhead cam Suzuki sitting there with the same black stripe of shame. Or no, more than that. So my 850, the one, it like those two little, like right where the, you know, the the cams are. Yeah. You'll just get a little bit of weeping that comes down off those things. But you know what? You know, you got oil at that point. And then you can replace it with like a Cometic gasket, which won't leak, you know, which is. And that's right. And so if you are going to go there, if John makes it perfectly clear, if you are going to make that decision. You do not put the same factory Honda paper gasket in there. If you buy the standard uh, gasket kit, so we all know the the standard Honda gasket kit. It costs you know thirty eight bucks, and it's got a whole sling of paper gaskets mm-hmm. in there. And there's some you know green paper gaskets, and there's some brown paper well, that's gaskets. A, that's a Honda. If you can get a Honda kit, kit, but mostly you see like the Visra or Versry or whatever. Visra, like, yeah, all yeah. kinds of stupid aftermarket old time. Oh yeah, things. you're not going to see. I I'm going to go. But first, tell you, you're not going to see a Honda brand. No. You're not going to see a Honda packaged. But you're probably going to see a Vezra. You know, the Vezras are kind of the deal. And we all know, by the way, the guys who build a bunch of motors, we know where Vezra forgot to put the holes for the oil supplies <laughs> so that we can. You put your Vezra gasket kit on, and you're like, I just blew my motor. And you're like, oh, well, there's two little places on there where are oil journals. And if you don't punch the little holes in there, you're not going to get any oil to the top end of your motor. <laughs> but Vezra, Vezra doesn't tell you about that. But the way that Cometic does it is Cometic's gaskets are actually metal, and it's a metal, multi-metal sandwich. So it's different types of metal stacked in on top of each other so that it makes a perfect seal. Mm -hmm. So it's a coated, rubberized metal that... When you do put, this is a really good side view of a Cometic gasket. Then they also have like O-ring glued, like silicone glued to it, into Mm -hmm. it, you know, around all the holes and stuff. Yeah, and Cometic is a company that's here in Cleveland. And when you see the way Cometic builds their gaskets, then you'll kind of like, from that point on in your life, you're like, I'm never going to put a standard paper gasket in another top end. If I'm going to go to the trouble of rebuilding this fucking thing, let me spend 40 bucks more and put a comedic gasket in it. And they really do work fucking fantastic. Who was the first Cleveland gasket company? Who was? I don't know. Is Mr. It? Gasket? Mr. Gasket, yeah. I would assume, right? Yeah, because that's a Cleveland gas- yeah. Cleveland company, Mr. Yeah. Gasket. Huge, huge. Yeah, big deal. Yeah. And did Mr. Gasket get absorbed by TRW? Uh, they got absorbed by somebody. Yeah, yeah. I thought it was TRW. I think, <clears throat> But they're t- right up there at 140th yep. and Brook Park Road. Exactly, yeah. And like that's a company that people don't remember was a Cleveland company. Like We talk about Super Trap, and we talk about Weisco, and we talk about Cometic. Well, these are all Cleveland companies. And TRW, my dad worked there for 42 years. TRW, that- the joke with TRW is what did TRW make? What didn't TRW make? Right. TRW made 
everything. everything. And their their home base was in Pleasant Valley. Right. Yeah. 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 It's a really um yeah, my my biological mom's family was all TRW people up in South Euclid. You know, mm-hmm. that's kind of that that deal. So it's kind of cool. But yeah, so if you have a weeping head gasket on your old Honda motorcycle, don't freak the fuck out. Just relax. Um, people say, oh, well, you can snug down the bolts. You can't. The bolts that you can get to are just the valve cover bolts. So unless you remove the valve covers, which on these motorcycles means you're dropping the engine, uh, you can't really snug If you snug pull the motor down. out, you might as well take it down. Thank you. Exactly. But it just makes it worse. I agree. Right. I agree. We've never seen anybody successfully chase one of these problems away without doing a proper gasket head gasket replacement. And if you're going to do that, then you better do the guides on your timing cam chain. Or my hillbilly ass shit. What's that? My hillbilly shit. Uh, <laughs> I know somebody that has a CB400F Super Sport. Mm-hmm. That's got about 58,000 miles on it. Yeah. And I literally just took my finger yeah. with uh, Permatex. Yeah. And I, I used brake parts cleaner and got it all perfectly clean and dry the whole way around. I got the motor smoking hot. Yeah. And I took my finger with permatex on it and i did permatex right around the seal then paint silver over it <laughs> and then i just let it dry and i let it dry and once it was dry it never it it, it stayed clean for a very long time yeah. so but it was just an aesthetic thing because it i checked all of my cylinders and i didn't have a single cylinder that was coming in with a low compression like you said, the one that you could actually see bubbles coming out of. Yeah, but just tiny little bubbles. Clearly, yeah, like, that's going to affect the bubbles. performance of that bike. No, it wouldn't. Yeah. It, 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 was like just like you, it was just it was like just little tiny bubbles. You could see that. That's why so you it, probably wouldn't. That's why I was getting oil. It was yeah. like these little tiny bubbles were just kind of going sizzling through the gasket. <laughs> My Don, part, Don Ho. It Anybody was not a tiny bubbles. You know, it was not sucking and blowing through the gasket. It was just enough that little tiny bubbles were. When people call my shop, this happened the other day, and I felt like a grade A cunt for for saying this to the guy. But the guy called me on the phone. I believe Steve was here, and he's like, "I need you to tell me the jetting I need. I need you to tell me tell me the jetting I need for this particular cylinder kit on this particular motor with this particular pipe." And he, I was like. Do you want me to jet your motorcycle over the phone? (laughs) No, no, no. I'm not asking for that. Yes, you are. Yes, you are. You're exactly you're exactly asking me to jet your bike over the phone. So do me a favor. Can you walk your phone over to your motorcycle? I like to, I like today when you asked a guy, "Have I met your car before or whatever?" Right. I've never even met your car. I don't know anything about it. And so I told I told the guys like, "Look, every single engine is different. Every motor is different. And if we're talking about a 50 year old motor, I don't care if it's only got 2,500 miles on it." That motor has 737 microscopic air leaks. Now, some of them are big air leaks. Some of them are tiny air leaks. Some of them are just at the, at the gasket or at a seal or something that's really, really tiny. Others of them could be giant honking air leaks. But the point is, it does not have the same air fuel mixture that it did when it left the factory. So any jetting that we do that one could consider would be for a perfectly brand new perfectly built fresh motor is going to be wrong and if i tell you that your bike needs a 55 pilot 55 100 pilot a be4 mixer and a 120 main and you put all that on and you go out and put a hole in your piston and say that guy phil at cleveland motos piece of shit because his advice made me blow my motor well no dude you blew your motor that that's not me you asked for an 
you asked for a recommendation that nobody can give you until you're doing the tuning until if you know if you don't have an exhaust gas analyzer and unless you're out there doing plug chops you know and doing it the old-fashioned way I would say put a large enough main jet that when you give it full throttle, it goes blah, 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 and right. blubbers. Right. Then yeah. start backing down. Yeah, exactly. Right. Go fat and then unfatten it. But the point is don't call somewhere and expect a guy to give you a tuning recommendation. And you're like, oh, yeah, well, it's okay, though. I just rebuilt this motor. The guy who's calling me for a jetting recommendation told me he just rebuilt the motor. That's going to be a shit show. Like, that's going to be a mess. Do you still have the same car? Maybe you still, you know, like Who you the probably fuck knows? you still have the same exhaust. Honestly, oh, I just knows? built this whole motor. I put a new car, a right. new exhaust, and a new motor. Well, I don't even know what you need. Look, and not only that, I don't know what ignition you're running. I don't know what elevation you're at. I don't want kind All of. All I'll tell what you is, whatever you, you have, run. put it about four sizes bigger. Right, right, right. You know what? Go sloppy and then back it down carefully. That's exactly right. And but asking for a jet because remember, every motor in the goddamn world that isn't brand new is going to have little leaks in it. There's going to be some air leaks in it. So we don't, I mean, and also keep that in mind too. If you are putting some performance parts on your engine, that if you're not, if the motor isn't a fresh brand new build by a really good builder, then you should always consider that this 20 or 30 or 40 year old motor may have a little bit more air in it than you want it to be. Yep. And especially, so if you've put a new carb on, you put a new pipe on it, Watch that fucker carefully for the first couple of hundred miles. You know, if you see that that park spark plug keeps coming out and it's looking a little chalky, riching that shit up, man. Like, I know you don't like Permatex much, <laughs> but I always, I like my gaskets. Even if it's just a, put it on your fingers and massage it. Massage up. it in, yeah. A right. very Skin thin it. coat really helps. Well, seals. you know, I. And it keeps oil from soaking through them and yeah. stuff like that. And my trick has always been, I use the Permatex spray. That's good. I love the, it's, it costs, you know, like, oh, arguably, what does it cost? Who cares? You're buying one can and throwing it away. I use the Permatex spray and I hang my gaskets up and I spray them. Because you spray the Permatex on it, mm. fog it, hit it, hit it, and then put it on and build it. And then leave it alone. Just walk away from it. I know you're tempted to start it. Don't start it. Walk away. Give the thing literally 24 hours. Remember that every exhaust. Remember that every. Fucking polluting the air over there. That's a foul burning system. You're running running a little. You're running a little rich. He's running rich, but he also has an air leak. The plug, dude. Totally. But keep in mind, your motor's not built. Until you've heat cycled it. (laughs) Shit show? Fuck it. Fuck it, guys. Let them blow their motors up. I don't care. (laughs) Your motor's not done being built until you've heat cycled it five times. Mm. Okay? So until you've heat cycled that motor five times and then re-snugged everything, many modern engines, modern motors... Suzuki, for instance, will have a, a rule that says take a, an engine, a head bolt, take a cylinder stud, and take it to 14 foot-pounds, right? And then take it a quarter turn past that. Mm-hmm. Or it'll say take it to 18 foot-pounds, wait for a given period of time, mm-hmm. and then take it another quarter turn. I mean, because when you talk about like it's v- allowing for stretch. V8 building and everything, they have gauges and yes, stretches and like yep. special bolts that yep. sh- 
stretch. I mean, like yeah. it's a huge, it's a it's science. A big deal. It's a science. And when we've done that here at the shop, and I can, I'll tell you, I've had more of them than I can count. A guy that rebuilds his engine and he's using the factory fucking studs. The guy doesn't want to spend the money to put new cylinder studs in. And I can measure this. You can measure this. All you need is a set of verniers. If you've got a set of verniers, you've got um, you know a gauge. You can measure the stud, and it will literally tell you how many threads there are supposed to be in a given distance. Mm-hmm. And you can tell very quickly whether or not a stud has been stretched. And yes, every time I pull apart a motor that's a leaky motor that doesn't work right, and I measure the studs, I'm like, these are the factory original studs, dude. You couldn't spend 26 bucks to get four new studs for this motor? And you want me to, like, you put this thing together using the original factory studs that are in it and wonder why the fuck it's not holding together. Because I always like to put a little yeah. Loctite where they go into the cases, too. Fuck yeah. Oh, yeah. Too, I mean, you're sitting there with a, uh, you have a, 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 um, a lock, lock washer and a washer and everything yep. on the top side. Yep. Meanwhile, in where it screws into the aluminum, right. it's right. just screwed in. There's nothing stopping and it from backing it up. if you reuse your engine case, or I'm sorry, if you reuse your engine studs, your, your cylinder studs, and you're going into a, quote, pot metal set of cases. Oof. Oh, yeah. You stretch your threads, too, probably. You may go all the way through. Yeah. We've yeah. seen that more than once. So people take the, you know, they're going to re-cylinder the motor. They're going to put a new cylinder on, and they'll take the factory studs out. They'll put them, they'll set them aside. They'll put a new barrel and piston on, what have you. All this care went into buying a new barrel and piston and everything else, but not studs. Well, they take the old studs and they run them in. But what they don't realize is those studs only have like maybe an eighth of an inch, a quarter of an inch using English measurements of case material prior to punching through into the bottom end of the motor. Mm -hmm. And it's very easy when you're double nutting the top of the stud to run those studs in to just be like, okay, in, 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 in. And you're like, oh, you're expecting, oh, when I hit 14 foot pounds, I'll back off. Well, you're never going to hit 14 foot pounds on the original studs because the, the new stud that's going in there Mm -hmm. is engineered to give you resistance as it goes in. And the old stud isn't, and you can blow out the bottom of those stud holes and wonder why when you put your head on, you don't have enough threads because all the threads are in the bottom of your case. You're like, wait a second. Did I order, you know, <laughs> wait, my old studs got shorter. Yeah. No, your old studs didn't get shorter. They're in the bottom of your crank right now. Don't start that motor. Yeah. Uh, but that happens. And we've seen it where a motor's running and it's punching engine oil out the <laughs> bottom between the case and the cylinder you're like, get the fuck out of here. How the hell did that happen? Well, I can tell you how that happened. Yeah. So just be careful with that kind of stuff. If you haven't done it, buy a book, read a book, talk to a guy that builds engines or something like that. Most of the stuff, it's pretty damned easy. Don't get all your information from the podcast. Oh my God, no. Don't get all your... Because half of the shit we're talking about is like very easy to visualize in the world of two strokes. Mm-hmm. But if we change that into four strokes, a lot of it changes. Allegedly. Allegedly. <laughs> I, maybe it was a sick ostrich. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> all right. That's all I got, man. Anybody got anything else? No. Fuck it. Ride fast and take chances. Play us out, John. Bump, <laughs> <laughs>